0: Boom shakalaka.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah?
0: Oh, yeah. We are here. It is episode 76 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the Soho Seth Ott.
1: <laughs> what was I <that> giggle for?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just picturing you, you just being like, boom shakalaka. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> you should go back to the 90s and get your terms.
0: Hey, here's the thing, is I... I would recommend to all of our listeners, find a way to use boom shakalaka in your conversations in the next week or so. It is so fun. Um, It's just like, or like groovy, like any old school, like um, exclamation or like thumb up kind of uh, phrase, find a way to use it. And for one, people will think it's hilarious. Um, And for another, it'll feel very cool. Anytime you, if you find a way, a reason to say boom shakalaka, you will have done something amazing. That's what I think. So yeah, find a way to use it. I say Boom Shakalaka because I'm incredibly excited uh, for episode seventy-six here. We got a packed show, a lot of great stuff to talk about, and I just feel good. You know what I mean? Like I've been sick for like four days and I'm finally starting to come out of it. And so I have all that energy that comes with that. And we got like playoff talk, we got movie talk coming up. I'm just fucking I'm jazzed. I'm ready to go. And this is kind of like our first show show of, of 19, right? We had the, the special with Jared last year, which was a blast. Um, so if you guys haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and do it. But I'm excited to get back into the groove um, with uh, with just the two of us. Cowabunga. Uh, Cowabunga. That's another good one. <laughs> Let's see. What did I leave out? So we got playoff talk. We got uh, movies. Uh, Mambo number 5 this week is going to be our most anticipated movies of 2019. So we're looking forward to talking about those. Really hard to keep that to five. Um, we got some movie news. Of course, the, the Golden Globes were this past week. So movies and TV. Um, around those, uh, a little bit of news all over. We do have a review, um, of a movie I'm really excited to hear about, uh, that maybe a lot of people haven't, um, haven't had on their radar scope so far this year. So lots of, uh, lots of stuff today. We're going to jump into it. And like we always do, we got to start with some chic tweets. I call you a punk.
1: Didn't mention it last week, but this is wrestling related. Uh, RIP Mean Gene
0: yeah mean gene
1: a lot of people know who he is even if you don't know wrestling but uh let me tell you you something mean gene
0: (laughs) yeah he's one of those guys Uh, one of those faces you recognize even if you aren't like even a very casual wrestling fan so that was a big loss for wwe a lot of good like tweets and stuff i'm sure the Sheik had one
1: yeah he, he he talked about it that's not the Sheik tweet but that's what reminded me of it um they did a really nice tribute to him on on uh Wrestling on Monday, Monday Night Raw. Uh, Hulk Hogan came out, who's you know not the best person in the world, but he came out and did that one more time. The let me tell you something, Mean Gene, and all that stuff, which is cool. Um, mean Gene apparently, well, one, he has some very mediocre pizza. Sorry, Mean Gene. Um, yeah. But two, he was a singer before he was doing wrestling announcing. Uh, in like the fifties, he did like some of the like the. Oh, not, I, doo-wop is what comes to mind, but I don't think it's what it is. It's like where, where it's <laughs> like, like very high shop? pitch, like high pitch, like, ooh, you know, like the Barbara and like that type of stuff. Like the Beach Boys? No, it's like even like slower than that, though. It's like there's a band behind him and he's just like, ooh, like that type of stuff.
0: Okay. So kind of that <laughs> old know. school, like California.
1: Yeah. They're just like real slow snapping and like that type of like it. I, I heard a clip of it and you would not know, like hearing, mean gene say holy balls <laughs> which was his catchphrase um like hearing that compared to him singing like at a high-pitched tone it was really weird but anyway that was a tangent but r.i.p mean gene iron is, cheek uh, says
0: that totally unrelated joe <clears throat> pesci also formerly a singer he had a he had an album come out when he was a kid little joe sure can sing
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: that's 100 percent true or at least i heard that on aziz Ansari's sorry stand up if it's true or not i don't know
1: well as we've all learned. Uh, you don't know if you can really trust what disease says, so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the Iron Cheek says, <laughs> well, actually, first I'll preface this. Um, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. Uh, again, Iron Cheek is uh, a very uh, conscious man when it comes to entertainment and pop culture. He was, of course, watching the Golden Gloves. So Iron Sheik Uh-oh. says, congratulations, Iron Sheik. I can beat the fuck out of anyone with my pinky finger #Hashtag Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> he I gave so himself of, if, an award.
0: I don't know if everyone watched, but they, he did get that award. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was after the end credits. They came back and they gave that one to the Sheik. So well-deserved too, because that's true.
1: The pinky finger award goes to the Iron <laughs> Sheik.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we got to this now because it's going to save time later on when we recap the globes. So it's true. Uh, congrats, congrats, must go out for your golden globe to the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. Don't forget folks, audibletrial.com SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. free. Bunch of stuff to uh, select out there. Let us know on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth or at ShowPad what you're listening to, uh, and shoot us some recommendations. We could always use them. Uh, let's see here. No video game news this week, but we are very excited to talk NFL playoffs. Let's get to sports. Sports!
1: And boom goes the dynamite. I do want to bring up, so there's been a bunch of head coaching stuff, and we can talk about that you know, later on. Um, when when all the coaching vacancies get filled but there was one that was filled that I do want to talk about that made me kind of laugh from some of the responses on Twitter uh so Matt LaFleur is the new head coach of the the Packers uh-huh. and um there is a there there was a tweet by NFL analyst Mike Clay where he It kind of outlines Matt LaFleur's career coaching, and it's actually pretty impressive. But uh, for 2015 and 2016, he was Kyle Shanahan's quarterback coach. That was the year Matt Ryan won MVP and all that stuff. 2017, he was Sean McVay's offensive coordinator. Of course, that's when Jared Goff was awesome, Um, or started being awesome last season. Mike Rables OC this past year uh, in 2018, 2019 Packers head coach. Someone responded with, 2004, (laughs) beating Globo (laughs) Jim. because oh my Peter, god LaFleur and there's just been so many like cram it LaFleur like a bunch of <laughs> memes I have been dying um, so my ha- hatred of the Packers uh is is a little lessened because their head coach is LaFleur I'm gonna have a great uh great reason to say cram it LaFleur every time <laughs> the, the Packers do something poor in a game uh it'll be interesting to see who all gets hired this offseason
0: yeah, no doubt. This offseason is going to be an interesting one for a lot of reasons. Um, but before we get there, uh, let's talk playoffs. And we didn't get to preface last week's games. I don't games. want to. <laughs> we the didn't Vikings preface... are in it. Yeah, no shit. Um, we didn't get to preface last week's games, but uh, we had Indianapolis going into Houston and winning convincingly. Uh, Dallas won over Seattle, also more convincing than the score shows. Uh, it's a two-point win, but Dallas controlled that game. Uh, the Chargers go in and beat Baltimore. And Philadelphia wins a close one over Chicago. So we had three three of the wild card teams won this week, and I love it. I, I love I love all the the remaining teams f- for this reason. Um, Houston, Chicago, Baltimore are all we're all like I, I would say like like fake division champs. You know, there's always one or two fake division champs. That like won a crappy division, you know, and don't seem like a playoff team. Like, did you really ever fucking think that Baltimore was going to win the Super Bowl? Like, I know people said that, but really, guys, you thought Baltimore was going to go all the way? And Chicago, who can't throw it twenty yards, like, you thought they were going <laughs> to win the fucking? They haven't scored twenty points in the last six months. You know, you really thought those guys were going to win the Super Bowl? In Houston, you thought like I I started to get high on Houston this season, and you kept me chill on them all year because they weren't beating anybody legit. Um, mm-hmm. But I think those three teams specifically were like they were Fugazis and they got exposed, and they deserved it. And now, <laughs> now the crap is out of the playoffs, and now we're left with a legit. I think any of these teams could win it. There, some are more likely than others, but I think uh, any of these teams could win it.
1: I think, with the exception of the the Eagles, I, I don't think I still. I mean, I know I doubted them last year, and I've even kind of come back to you saying you know, especially when you're talking about the Rams versus some of these teams, like off, you know, off off the mic we've talked about it. Um, and said, you know what, maybe watch out for the Eagles. I just this I this weekend I think they're gonna get piss pounded by the by the Saints. And I, I think they're gonna get completely demolished by the Saints at in in New Orleans at that stadium. This is the New Orleans this is New Orleans like even the year they won the Super Bowl, they weren't this good. They didn't have this mm-hmm. much hype. So I, I I think I think this is the this is going to be a, a, a demolishing, especially knowing knowing how Philly is going to come into this game as thinking they're the Cinderella story and the you know the underdogs and all that stuff. I think uh, I think the, the clock is going to strike midnight and uh, they're going to kick straight in the, going to get kicked straight in the balls by by New Orleans.
0: Oh, I'm glad you came out so sure of that because we're going to pick all these games, and this is the game I wanted to pick this game last, but since you brought it up first, I. I'm being dead serious. I'm picking the Eagles in this game. You think so? Um, Yes. Uh, Some of it is wishful thinking because I don't want the Rams to potentially have to go to the
1: Eagles. (laughs) But
0: all of that stuff you said is true. But I think that those are reasons why Philly can win. I think New Orleans, they know they're the shit. They're at home. They're comfortable. They've been resting. And I think that could hurt them. Philly is hot. They're coming off a really uh, passionate win. Philly lives on passion. I think those fans are going to travel well. It'll still be, a, obviously, a huh. 90% home crowd. But Philly tr- fans do tend to travel well. They've got this fools magic thing going on. That defense is legit. Um, and they're doing enough on offense. And so, you know, I I think that this has... Now, if the Eagles win, it'll be... 21 to 24 or something like that the Eagles aren't going to score 35 points but uh, I think this could sneaky I think this is a trap game if I've ever seen one number one seed comes in they sat starters in week 17 too so these guys haven't haven't played for a couple weeks um I'll take the opposite uh the opposite stance on that uh, when we get to the Rams game but um, the but I think that Philly can come in and win this game I, I I will not be surprised if they do they're getting eight points in the betting so no one really thinks that that they will but this is again this is the upside I'm picking is Philly over New Orleans
1: see I I don't agree with any of that um so I think the Saints more than this year are are focused um especially the way their season ended last year mm-hmm. when they had a well, they had a clear path to the, to the championship last year uh especially like it, coming out of the if they would have pulled off that Minnesota game, uh, they had a pretty clear path to the championship and they I believe they would have won it last year too. That team is just too talented all around. they they don't want their season to end like last season. Um, they're better in all facets uh, of the game than the Eagles are. And the Eagles fans may travel to New Orleans well, but I don't think they're gonna be able to find a ticket to that stadium because those Saints mm-hmm. fans they they are they are they are probably the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Um, they that that team is New Orleans. And so I I think that I think it's going to be the Saints haven't lost a playoff, a home playoff game under Sean McVit or uh, Sean Payton or Andrew Brees in the entire career of that team, a home playoff game. So it's yeah, it's I I think it's going to be a a pretty good whooping. I think that'll be the only game this week that'll be a whooping, but it's it's going to be a whooping.
0: Well, I I'm gonna feel very. Here's the thing: when I make when I make the Philly pick, I either look like a genius when I'm right or when I'm wrong, it was a stretch pick anyway. So it's kind of a <laughs> uh, but. Give me Philly in that one. I'm hoping that Philly ends up traveling to LA uh, for the NFC Championship. Let's go to that game. Uh, Dallas and the Rams, I think, is a fantastic matchup. If I'm if mm-hmm. I wasn't a Rams fan, this would still be the game I want to watch. Uh, you have Elliott versus Gurley. You have Dallas's sort of not sexy. Defense, run the ball, um, Dak, you know, dinks and dunks um, versus the, you know, high-flying Rams with the big, sexy, um, you know, defensive, you know, fumbles and picks, but not much else. They'll give up a million yards, but get three turnovers. Uh, the, obviously, the Rams offense trying to go for 600 yards. Like, it, it's it's a great matchup between these two teams. I'm going to pick the Rams, and I would even if I wasn't a fan. Um, but they are going to have, I think it's going to be a Dallas home crowd, in LA this week, and a Dallas team that is very confident. I love that defense. I've I've watched a lot of them in the last month or so. I think that defense can go toe-to-toe with the Rams, so they're going to really have to focus. Now, the opposite of what I said about the Saints is true here. I think the Rams needed to get healthy. Uh, They had injuries along the offensive line, and Gurley is still working back from an injury. Um, And McVay has now had two weeks to scheme. And um, off of buys, I don't think McVay has lost yet. So... I think uh I think the Rams are going to come out with with a few plays that are going to kind of make the difference in this one. Um so so give me the Rams at home, but I do think this is a great game. Um I don't know how many points Dallas is getting in the betting, but I would probably take them cuz I think it's a close game. I don't think the yeah. Rams run away with it, but but still give me a LA lay on Saturday.
1: Yeah, the the the, the Cowboys play uh, uh again like how they did against the Saints. Uh you know, like 6 7 weeks ago, they play a very um very contradictory style to, to the Rams. And that can be, that's going to be tough because they play ball control. Uh, they play really, they have a top 10 defense, which no one really thinks about that team, but they have a top 10 defense and, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're going to they're going to control the clock. They run the ball very, very well. And they have a a pretty good weapon in Amari Cooper, who's, who's been excellent since he's come over to the Cowboys. So I think it is going to be a lot closer game than what people think too. Um, like, like you said, it's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there. Uh, having been to, to that stadium a couple times with two different fan bases, um, it's it, even just those games, it's usually about half and half, if not maybe close, like maybe 65, 65, 45 or 35. Um, but it's uh, it's it's going to, especially with being a playoff game, Cowboys, fan, there's a not only just like they travel because the Cowboys fans travel extremely well. But there's also a shitload of Cowboys fans everywhere you go.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so there's there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there. That stadium being 100,000 people, again, not usually full when we've gone, uh, this will be a full stadium with a lot of Cowboys fans. So um, that's something to keep in mind with it, too. But um, I think I, I think I just got to pick I think I got to pick the Rams uh, in this uh, again. They're a team that last year exited early. They exited to it not only just early, but to a, a far, far, uh, far less superior team, a team that wasn't you know just didn't do shit the next week mm. um so they they kind of got embarrassed last year in the playoffs and i think they're going to want to prove something so uh i i'm i'm seeing a Rams saints NFC championship game that's going to be uh off the walls
0: yeah it'll be it'll be a classic um for me i think i think the rams well we'll, we'll get to the super bowl later I, I think the rams stand a real chance based on the matchups i'm seeing to get to the big dance um Let's, uh, let's change games. The first game on Saturday, Indianapolis goes to the Chiefs. I love this game as well. This might be, uh, obviously, I'm going to watch the Rams. Um, God, they're all such great games. I fucking love the playoffs, man. I was going to say that this is my favorite game of the weekend, but I can't even say that. Um, I love Andrew Luck. I watched a lot of this Indianapolis game. They really handled Houston. And I didn't say Houston was a fake team, um, but they, ha- they, I mean, Indies, they handled them. And Luck is playing out of his mind right now. I kind of want to pick Indianapolis to go into KC and upset them. That's a hard thing to do. Uh, KC has been – I mean, you've seen what they've done on offense all season. Um, I think this is another matchup, though, that is kind of like Dallas and the Rams where KC is high-flying, they don't play defense, they want to score 50 points. Indianapolis can slow it down. But I think they're better than Dallas on offense is the difference. So, like, I think this is a great matchup. I think it's like a 27-24 to 24 game, and it's going to come down to kind of who has it last. Um, in the interest of, of keeping things interesting, I am going to go ahead and take Indianapolis. I think that this is a team that has all the momentum in the world. They've won like 10 out of 11 games. Andrew Luck is playing great. They're running it well. They're playing defense um, as good as anybody is right now. So I'm going to take Indiana in a shocker. Um, and another reason is because Casey, uh, I think I saw the stat today, hasn't won a home playoff game in like 30 years.
1: I think, <laughs> Mahomes,
0: I think Mahomes wasn't born yet. Um, and I would love nothing more than to see uh, our good buddies Dan and Sam disappointed again. Uh, by the chief. So I'm going to go with Indy. I'm not super confident in it. Uh, it's more wishful thinking than anything else, but, uh, but give me luck going in there and, uh, and getting back to the championship game.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said and I really want to pick the Colts. That's who I want to see. And I, I think it, again, I think this will be a lot closer game than what, what people are, are thinking and what on paper, what it, what it should be. I mean, it, you know if you're looking at these two teams during the regular season the 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 chiefs should go in there and demolish them you know mm. but i think it's going to be a very close game i think again the the colt's play i mean i think the colt's are just a better cowboys <laughs> you know they 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 they're a really good defense um they run the ball extremely well they have a ton of weapons in the receiving core uh, and andrew luck is when he has time which again he's he's the he's the least sacked quarterback this year mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL when he has time he can pick apart any secondary it doesn't matter who the secondary is you can pick them apart so um that all sounds like you know i, I want to pick the colts but for some reason i can't pick against the chiefs right now mm-hmm. they just they've just done it all year patrick mahomes has been magic it's in arrowhead um it's going to be you know we talk about how loud the saints the saint stadium is going to be uh the chief stadium is going to be just as loud there's no roof on the place <laughs> so mm-hmm. but they create their own roof in that place with how loud it is so um uh, it's it's going to be interesting um I think, I think I got to pick the Chiefs, just really in a small margin of victory.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna hate on you for that pick. I think this is a coin flip. Um, but I also do think that uh, I think if I think if Indy wins, it's a close game. But I think KC could run away with it. You know, I, they do. They obviously have that potential. Um, let's go to the fourth game of the weekend. Uh, this one is at uh, noon Central on Sunday. I think this is the hardest game of the week to pick. Uh, we have the Chargers going to New England. Chargers won last week over the Ravens. A little bit of a sloppy game. Uh, New England, everyone is saying, is down. They've had the bye. Uh, Belichick and Brady have never lost coming off of a playoff bye. Um, it's in Foxborough. Uh, here I think you have two teams. I think the Chargers, I have been on all season. Uh, I, they are still a pick of mine to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm still hopeful for that. Um I think they've been a little bit exposed in recent weeks uh, to not be such a sexy team, especially last week, even though they won that game and they won it convincingly. They didn't finish drives when they should have. They kicked a lot of field goals. They let they let Baltimore back in the game late, which you can't do. Obviously, you know what Brady can do. And then you have New England, who talent-wise, I think this is one of the least talented teams Brady has had. Uh, they're banged up. Brady has looked slow. Gronk has not Gronk. Um, and so I think you have two teams here that you, I just don't know what you're going to get out of either of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to pick the chargers here because they're, because they were my Super Bowl pick preseason. Um, but I, I do my, my head, my brain would go with new England, um, coming off the bye at home. It, you can't, it's really hard to bet against them. I'm, I'm betting on the chargers just because again, they were my preseason Super Bowl pick. Um, I, I, I would assume that you, your cooler head will prevail on this one.
1: Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> um, this this one is very, very interesting. Um, so now, I mean, you mentioned all those things, and that, you know, that all makes sense. Plus, uh, early forecasts are talking uh, three to five inches of snow in New England for that game. Mm. And that, I think that actually favors the Chargers. Um, the reason for that is Melvin Gordon is the experienced back. Um, I know he's a little banged up, but he, he sounds like he's going to play. Um, he's built for that. I mean, he played in Wisconsin. He's played in the cold. He, he, but he's built for that type of play. They have in in New England. They have uh, James White, who's a small receiving back. He won't have much impact if that's you know if if that's the weather. Um, and then Sonny Michelle, rookie. He's had knee problems all year. He missed like six weeks. Um, and he, you know, again, he's kind of smaller too. I mean, he's, he's stocky, but he's not, he's not a tall guy. He's not, and he's one dimensional too. So, um, I would actually pick the running game for the chargers in this case. I think also defense. Uh, so the, the defense will be, uh, very, um, crucial here. And I think the chargers defense is the better defense right now. Um, they have Joey Bosa and, uh, Melvin Ingram, both playing out of their minds, sacking the quarterback, and that defense uh, I mean they they held the Ravens in check until the fourth quarter last, this last week. Uh, they started feeling a little more comfortable and not giving up as as many of the big plays. So whew, that, that this is a this is a very close game, if not the closest game uh this week to call. I think if the weather's gonna be the way it is and seeing how the seeing how the Patriots have have kind of you know they 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 had one good game in the last six weeks of the season i i against an equality opponent i think i actually am gonna go with the chargers with, oh. the, with the with that now
0: you're finally on board
1: <laughs> i i'm on board to to an extent because depending on i think whoever they play in the a f c championship game is gonna be a real challenge for them mm-hmm. um the chiefs with the high flying offense and the in and the the colts with the the defense and the the pace of play and all that so um I, don't, I wouldn't put them as a lock for the Super Bowl in that case, but I, I think they can pull out a win uh, against, the, against, the, against the Patriots at home.
0: Yeah, uh, Chargers, by the way, undefeated outside of California this year. They were 7-1, and one on the, now 8-1 and one on the road if you include the Baltimore game. The only road game they lost was against the Rams, and they play in the same city. So uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Chargers playing really well on the road. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, you may have noticed that my picks, if I'm correct – We'll have the Rams and Chargers both with home conference championship games next week. So uh,
1: the Chargers, could, yeah. Oh, your pick. Sorry, and sorry. Colts. The you picked the Colts. I I yep. forgot. Yeah, yep.
0: So maybe looking at a doubleheader uh, at the Coliseum next Sunday.
1: Well, no <laughs> the the Chargers play at the.
0: Yeah, but maybe they'd move it. I don't know. But they, yeah, they'd probably I, play there.
1: That there is there, so. no way they'd they'd move that.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but. uh but, yeah, might have two games in L.A. next weekend. I hope I hope that that's the case because if my Super Bowl ends up being correct, I'm going to be fucking psyched. Um, I don't
1: think it will be. Still don't <laughs> think it will be. You we <laughs> we'll might get it. one of those teams, but uh, I, I I doubt it. <laughs> you, don't,
0: you don't think both. Um, no. It, really exciting stuff. I love all these matchups. I think it's a fascinating playoff um, and, and still a long way to go before we crown a champion. Um yeah, the, the wild card weekend was okay. Again, I, th- I think all the right teams won. Uh, again, your fake teams are out, and we're just left with real legit contenders. I think all the way down, you don't believe in, in Philly, but I think they could make a run. Any of these teams could be the Super Bowl champion in three weeks. So um, It's going to be exciting to kind of see uh, how that cracks out. We'll, we'll look back at the head coaching changes and then uh, you know later in the year as free agency comes around. But we are getting ever closer to the NFL offseason. I guess we're going to have to start watching basketball or something after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we'll have to find we'll have a lot of time to fill in the show uh, that we won't be spending on sports. So, um, good stuff. Let us know who your picks are. I, I'm sure Dan has something to say about my uh, my pick in the Colts game. Uh, so hit us up on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael at Seth Ollard at Soco Show Pod. Uh, let us know your your uh, playoff picks and uh, let Seth know how wrong he is uh, about New Orleans. Can you tell that? I, can you tell that I'm picking from my from my heart? That I that I'm trying to create a path for the Rams there.
1: <laughs> hey, I tried. I thought the same thing last year, and look how that turned out. So, same exact <laughs> yeah, scenario. Yeah, that's true.
0: Be careful what you wish for, Co. and watch watch yeah. the Philly come in and, and just. Can you the Can you him.
1: imagine though if Philly goes into to L. A. and all Nick Foles, who tried to be the starter in, in Los Angeles, uh, comes in there and puts a whooping on the Rams?
0: <laughs> that would be. I don't know if. I I'm not an angry guy.
1: You know what? All.
0: But that would be, that would bring out the anger. In me. No, don't you fucking change your fly. Face, Eagles you son fly. Of a bitch.
1: You know what? Um, I I mean I can't stand the Eagles. I, I wanted them to lose very badly uh, on Sunday, uh, even even though the way that that field goal went. Oh my god! Was sadly ironic, but made me laugh really hard. I still wanted I wanted the Eagles to lose badly, uh, but I don't know. If it, i don't it's either it's either the eagles fans are really pissed off which makes me happy or you're really pissed off which makes me happy so i I don't know what, what i would choose
0: it's gonna be well there's i'm just saying tune in folks if the rams if the rams lose in the playoffs tune in tune in that week that's all i'll say because <laughs> i'll, I'll I'm, a, I'm a passionate fan and i'm sure i will get i will get riled uh, i have been known to do so all right let's move on oh Did we talk about this last week? I won our fantasy league.
1: Uh, You can talk for a little bit. I'll tune out. I'm the fucking
0: champion. That's it. That's it. I just wanted to... Here, I'll hit this one.
1: One, For three for the win. Yes!
0: LeBron James! Sucks. I got my first ever fantasy football championship. Uh, Shouts out to George Kittle, who was one of my MVPs of the year. Uh, Keep an eye out. I'm making a documentary (laughs) about my season. Uh, so keep an eye out, uh, and, uh, I'll let folks know when that's available on DVD. Uh, you can pick it up at, uh, blockbusters all across the country. So
1: um, sure. we'll,
0: we'll get that out to everyone. Uh, so stay tuned for when that comes out. It's going to be a little so bit, it's a big, big production.
1: You're going to burn a DVD and set it on the shelf at the one blockbuster left in your town.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be a millionaire. You know, you can sure. rent for $1. It's a dollar for a week of rentals. No wonder they're fucking going out of business.
1: Yeah. More rounds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, they're going to have my DVD at least. Anyway, keep an eye out for, uh, I don't know what it's called, but I'm going to try to get it into the 30 for 30, I think, but we'll see. Anyway, that's sports. Uh, let's move on here. and we got to jump into some TV news.
1: That's what she said.
0: TV. we got a couple of announcements for um, new seasons and new shows coming out. Uh, Seth, I think the biggest one of the sort of holiday season, uh, we got an announcement from Netflix about when we can expect Stranger Things Part 3
1: yeah it was kind of funny the way they announced it they did a so on new year's eve um which tells you what i was doing uh they uh the, on the twitter page for stranger things they did a uh like a live video live video stream thing um uh, like it uh it would be i think it was like eleven fifty seven, whatever time zone you're in and uh they counted down uh, like with the with the a video from like 1985 Dick Clark's Rockin' new year's Eve. And they kept like intercutting it with a commercial from the mall that the show is going to take place in this season. Um, and then like at midnight, they showed the drop ball drop from, from, uh, from that, that video from the actual Dick Clark's new year's Eve. And then they did like the announcement for the release date of stranger things. So they're actually doing a summer release this year, uh, for July 4th, that'll be available. So, um, people can either get hammered with some friends on the nation's birthday or stay in and watch Stranger Things. And uh, <laughs> I think I might be doing the latter.
0: Uh, no surprise there. And, you know, that, that again, is just the level of commitment that Seth has to this show, guys. He, he's going <laughs> to make sure he watches that all in one day so he can review it for you, the listener, uh, while all of us are out drinking domestic beer and throwing up in backyards. <laughs> uh, it's going to be good stuff. Speaking of throwing up, uh a lot of gross stuff happens in the netflix show the punisher and uh we spoke a couple weeks ago we've known for a bit that it's coming out in january but seth it's coming out pretty soon here and we have an official date
1: yeah um july 18th is the official date uh for for the punisher what will likely be the final season so uh definitely keep an eye out for that when it drops here in a few and next week actually next be a week from when this episode drops
0: that's right. Fred of the 18th, keep an eye out for Punisher Part 2. Maybe maybe <clears throat> slow watch that. Maybe don't binge it because this is the last you're going to get, I think, <laughs> of, that, uh, of the whole Netflix uh, Marvel thing. So uh, don't burn it out too quick or then you'll be out of it. Uh, we're going to keep it in the realm of superheroes and the CW is potentially still uh, going to be getting another new superhero. It sounds like another step has been made toward a Batwoman show.
1: Batwoman. Yeah, so the so she premiered in the CW crossover. She's getting a pilot order, which doesn't necessarily mean that the show is going to be fully you know be a full go or anything like that. But um, it's uh, they're gonna at least shoot a pilot, kind of see where that goes. Um, maybe air it, maybe not. And uh, you know if the ex- executive likes likes it, they'll they'll uh, either order some more episodes or do a full series. So we'll see. I, again, I liked her. Uh, I liked liked the what she was in, but. Um, You know, as we've seen with other things too, it doesn't necessarily mean a whole show can be carried by that. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens.
0: So are you knowing nothing else and assuming nothing else? If I said, Seth, it's up to you. Yes or no. Do we get a Batwoman show? Would you want it?
1: I'd I'd at least watch it or give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of weird to me how everyone wants to skirt around a Batman show, but no one wants to just make a Batman show. You know, even Gotham isn't really a Batman show. Like... Why not just make a Batman show at this point? You know what I mean? Am I am I weird in that? Like, why is everything so Batman adjacent? Even the Titans show on the CBS or the DC Universe app thing has, mm-hmm. a fe- like, is featuring Batman very briefly, but no one will just make a Batman show. Do you think everyone's just afraid of that? Or I don't know if there's, like, contractual shit where no one can make it. Like, why are we dancing around Batman without actually doing it?
1: I think it is more of a contractual thing, um, or at least, like, Warner Brothers, DC type of thing um because he's more of a movie property
0: mm-hmm. yeah i suppose that makes sense and it would be i mean i wouldn't want to take on a batman show if i was a director like that would be a hard or you know showrunner or whoever it's easy to fuck up as we've seen and uh not easy to get praise from even nolan ended up getting shit on for his third one so um mm-hmm. fanboys are hard to please Uh, Let's move away from superheroes. Well, I I think this woman is a superhero. I do do love her a lot. Um, We found out who our first host of the spring series of Saturday Night Live is going to (laughs) be.
1: She is a superhero. Um, Would you consider that spring? Because it airs in January, like, 19th.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but it'll go through the, you know, it's the spring season.
1: Sure. (laughs) Um, Rachel Brosnahan uh, is going to be hosting the... uh, Come back the the mid season premiere of the uh, of S- of SNL and uh, I'm very excited for that. So it'll be cool to see kind of what she's, uh, you know, kind of learned stay you know with the stand up from the show uh, coming on the SNL stage and doing a doing a monologue and all that stuff. Um, I mean, she's already people already know she's a great actress, so she she should do great during the sketches. But um, I'm really interested to see the the monologue what she talks about. Um, If she maybe even incorporates some of uh, Mrs. Maisel into some of that, uh, I don't know. I I would watch a million things with her in it, so um, I don't care.
0: (laughs) All right, so we'll keep an eye out for Rachel Brosnahan on Saturday Night Live, January 19th. I'm excited for it to be back. I've been watching um, the latest season as it's been on, and I think it's been good stuff. You know, Everyone always kind of wants to shit on SNL, but I've enjoyed it a lot. um, It's always nice when SNL is back. That whole winter season where there's no TV is a real bummer. Um, I know for you, since you don't have enough stuff to watch. But What do you, what do you
1: mean there's no TV? There's new episodes every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> during Christmas and stuff? I thought they all go on not,
1: not during Christmas, but, uh, I mean, starting January, there's tons of shit on. So, But it comes back on and everything else comes back on, so I'm just loaded with all the other stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go, folks. In case you forgot, Seth Ott committed to bringing you good podcasts by watching all the TV.
1: Actually no, this is uh, this is it. Bye.
0: See <laughs> so, ya. Yeah, um, before we get forward uh, into the TV quarter this week, uh, let's touch briefly on the Golden Globes as it relates to TV. So I'm just going to highlight some of the winners and get Seth your reaction on them. Um, best TV series. This is a category we didn't know anything about, but you did predict the Americans to win, uh, which it did. Um, this I believe was the final final season of the Americans. Is that right? So yeah. Um, and I don't know. You haven't. You've never watched this though, right?
1: No, I, no, I, I've been told it's amazing and it's one that I've wanted to go back and watch, but it's, again, it's, I think it's like 13 hour long episodes and there's like seven seasons and it's just so daunting to get into a show, especially one, one that, one that's over now. I just don't know, you know, if I want to invest all that time when I have so much other shit to watch.
0: Yeah. I don't blame you. Well, they're finished and they'll be on some streaming stuff before too long, I'm sure. So the Americans on prime. Yeah, there you go. Amazon prime uh let's see so that's best drama uh best comedy this was a little bit of a surprise to me but it went to the Kaminsky method um (laughs) we had mrs basil kidding the good place and barry were the losers um we had talked about the Kaminsky method a while ago and uh, michael douglas also wins for his uh lead actor in that show so the Kaminsky Kaminsky method a big winner um having seen that are you going to give this one a shot on netflix
1: Maybe, but, so, there's a caveat here. So, the the Golden Globes, and I've been hearing just more and more stuff about this recently, too. I, I listened to a interview with a producer who tore the Golden Globes a, a, a new asshole, basically. But the Golden Globes is run by the, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of, um, basically just a bunch of people in the press, right? And... Whereas like Oscars, Emmys are voted on by people in the industry and you know in in that certain sector, people who make the stuff, people the peers and all that you know all that it's 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 a group thing. It's people recognizing people. Whereas the foreign press, they have an agenda going into this stuff, and it's to create news, it's cr- to create press, and they did this last year with Maisel, and they turned out to be right, where they just picked the new show and they you know they they gave it to them. They they did it. They they said this is the new show. Go see it. We want we want to be the trendy. You know the trendy award show, and it worked. Mrs. Maisel's awesome. More people watched it. Got another season. All that stuff. Um, but they, again, Kaminsky method's been out for like a month. Um, same thing with like that Pose show. No one's seen a second of that show, and that was nominated all over the place. Um, they they just they they try to be they try to be trendy and upfront and get everyone to pay attention to them. But it doesn't. The Golden Globes just. They they don't really have an agenda other to other than to get seen, and so like Rachel Brosnahan winning which is great. I was very happy about that. But um, she's I, re- I read a stat. She's the first back to back winner in ten years since Amy Poehler since uh, Tina Fey did it for Thirty Rock. But ten years ago, you know who was winning all the Emmys? Julie Louis Dreyfus. She was winning mm-hmm. consistent Emmys over and over and over again. She never. I don't think she ever won a Golden Globe. Or if she did, it was like maybe one. Uh, Tina Fey was. I, I don't know if she was even nominated in all those years for Emmys, you know, so like they're just they're just all about trying to be different and trendy. It's not really about what everyone thinks is best, and so that's why I hate the Golden Globes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there was some questionable, and I think like I think they can still have value, right, so it's kind of like um you know critics choice versus people's choice like there's still a there is a group of people who voted for this, and you know, of course, if they have an agenda, there's a different thing here, but like I think that. To to think to say that like the Emmys are correct and these guys are wrong, I think is like not a cool thing. But because I think they have value. But yeah, to the extent that you're saying they're trying to make press with their winning with their choices and not they actually just really liked Rachel Brosnahan, that is a problem. Um, but I don't have an issue with different groups of voters choosing different things. I think that's okay. But but I yeah I don't like what I'm hearing. If if they're really just trying to make news, then that's really frustrating because, and, and that does bear out because looking across the rest of these winners, Sandra Oh wins for Killing Eve. And that was a tough category. Carrie Russell, Julia Roberts, and Elizabeth Moss are in that one um, for Handmaid's Tale. Elizabeth Moss was one, you know, in the past. So um, Richard Madden wins for Bodyguard, which I guess is a lot of getting a lot of excitement on, um, on Netflix, I believe is that show. So that's getting a lot, but he beats out uh, Matthew Reese for the Americans, Jason Bateman, uh, and then uh, Stephen James and, and the Billy Porter for Pose. So, like, that was a little bit of a surprise. The Kaminsky method was a surprise because those were, that was a stacked category. And then, best um, actor that Douglas won, he's against Donald Glover, Bill Hader, who have won the last two yeah. Emmys, and then uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and Jim Carrey. So, very surprised to see Michael Douglas win that category specifically. Um, and so, it does it does, you know. It's hard because I haven't watched all this stuff, but it was a little bit surprising. And I, I wouldn't expect the if the Emmys were tomorrow, I wouldn't expect it to bear out the same way, uh, for whatever reason. But, uh, those are some of the winners. Of course you mentioned Rachel Brosnahan, uh, wins again for marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Giovanni Versace wins for the best limited series, uh, which, uh, I think that got the Emmy too. So that was, that was a good win. Um. Darren Chris also wins for his his part in that. I love Darren Chris. I think I talked about this at Emmy time, but uh, he came from Glee and so I'm a big fan of him. He had a really nice speech too. Um, some of the speeches were good. Some were cringeworthy. I watched this whole show. I don't know if I told you that. Um, and I won't again. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. It's a fine, like it's enjoyable enough to see the people win awards and stuff like that, but it's just not a really well-produced show in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't super entertaining. There wasn't any music or anything. So like, um, and I thought, uh, I thought, Um, Andy Samberg and and Sandra Oh did fine, but then they got so behind schedule, I feel like they were cutting bits because they didn't show up for like an hour. Like for like the last hour to 90 minutes, they weren't on screen at all. And so that was a little strange.
1: You know, it's funny too, because like, I think I watched last year's show and I think that was the word show where like they had a DJ in the back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was just like, oh, yeah, Rachel Brosnan wins her first ever. Like, he was doing that shit. And that was kind of fun because he was like real hyped up about it. But this one there, yeah, like he said, like they tried taking it way too seriously this year. They tried they tried being the Oscars. They tried being the Emmys. And it just wasn't I, what I watched. I watched the first like half hour to 45 minutes. And that opening monologue was, was cringy for me at times. I didn't really like it. And uh, it just seemed like Sandra Oh was just nervous up there, and and Andy Samberg just like he was given these jokes he didn't really want to tell because they weren't very good. <laughs> like he just they just didn't seem comfortable up there. They didn't have great chemistry to me. Um, and yeah, like the the like some of the presenters were funny, but then like it just it was just very it was it was basically Oscars light, and I didn't and none of it none of it was fun to me and. Mm. Some of the winners were, some of the winners were just, I just shaking my head.
0: Yeah, so they, um, yeah, I thought, in terms of, I can't speak much to the winners, because I haven't seen most of the shit, especially on the TV side. Um, but yeah, it wasn't produced very well. I don't like Andy Samarki as a host. I, he's a great dude. I love him on all his stuff. But like, he, so he came out and did like a fake roast where he just said nice things. Um, mm-hmm. He He's done that before on a Comedy Central roast. I don't remember who it was, but I've seen a clip of him doing that exact same thing before. So that seemed just really like hacky to me because he just did the same shit um, on TV too. It's not like he toured with that and then brought it to the show, you know, and no one had seen it. Um, he did it on. T- I've seen him do that on TV before, so that was a little weird for me. And then yeah, like I said, they cut the hosts out completely about halfway through, and then it ran really long. And I don't know, everyone just seemed drunk. It seemed like they were having fun, but uh, I wasn't watching it. Not a lot of other highlights to mention here. A lot of the winners are not shows that we saw, which, you know, again, you go back to maybe they have an agenda here. And if it's to get people to watch other shows, I can't, you know, I can't fault that. I'll go watch the Kaminsky Method now so they'll get what they want. Um, And I think that that's okay. It's relatively harmless, but it is a little, you know, eyebrow raising to see it go pretty contrary to what uh, a lot of folks would have expected Um, in a lot of places so I don't know Uh, let us know though folks on the tweets uh, what your thoughts were on the Golden Globes this year and in general uh, and what you think their role is we're going to come back to uh, the Golden Globes in a bit uh, on the film side and talk about how that could possibly relate to Oscar winnings Um, spoiler alert I I don't think it's going to correlate a lot so um, we'll come back to that uh, but we are still in the TV section and before we move on we got to get back into the TV corner
1: That's in my TV corner.
0: Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! You've been holding out on this one for a while. You've owed it to us. (laughs) It's been a little bit now. A couple months.
1: Yeah, so this one kind of got caught up with a bunch of different shows and uh, held off on watching this one. I heard it was good, uh, but I had, of course, like... uh, Marvelous vs. Maisel to watch, and a few others that I wanted to, because I saw Iron Fist, and then of course I'm reviewing Daredevil Season 3, and I couldn't, I, I even started the first episode of Daredevil, and I'm like, I can't watch another Marvel show right now, I need to, I need to change it up, um, so I, that's when I watched Marvelous vs. and Homecoming, some other ones kind of got caught up in there, but finally got back to Daredevil, um, and I'm glad I did, because I, I definitely enjoyed it, so Season 3 um, picks up right after the events of Defenders, where, spoilers if you uh, watch that or, uh, or didn't watch that or, um, just don't care about it. Matt Murdock ends up under a bunch of rubble. And, uh, I mean, right away they show him he's, you know, still alive. He is being, he, he got rescued. Um, he's kind of questioning everything now. Um, he, you know, the, the, him being daredevil and kind of, uh, what he, you know, what he's, what he's fought for and just his life in general and all that stuff. And especially with, with, uh, how, um, Kingpin, uh, who who is the main villain, um, who finally gets called Kingpin in this in this in this uh, show. He's never been called it before. They just call him Fisk or Wilson Fisk, but finally the code name comes out. But uh, you know he he's he, he's been in jail, but uh, he, since season one, I think. But kind of what. With him being in jail, he he's still kind of running things and his influence is there and and all that stuff. And so it's co- coming into question the law and what he's fighting for and all that stuff. So there's kind of an inter- internal struggle in this episode or this season. Um, you also get introduced to Bullseye, which is really cool uh, for those who saw the uh, the Daredevil movie. Uh, it was Colin Farrell's character. Um, there's no uh, there's no Bullseye scar on his forehead, so uh-huh. uh, don't be looking don't be looking for that. <laughs> I did kind of miss that though. But he does uh throw some really cool things. Um, cuz so he's not really he's not super powered but he's an FBI agent in this show, a former military guy I think as well. Uh he uh he's very accurate with uh with objects. So, you know, baseballs, uh, there's a couple scenes with that. Um bowls, glasses, uh you name it. He pens, he throws it in this this show and he's deadly accurate <laughs> with with it. So, oh, I get um, it. I
0: get it now. I get it.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious uh, um but uh he i actually really liked him so they 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 actually go kind of deeper into his backstory than i expected they would uh i thought he kind of might just be a henchman type character but they go into his childhood and show why he is the way he wit the way he is uh they make him a sympathetic character at times but then you know he kind of crosses the line and um you know becomes pure evil essentially kingpin has some depth in him too he's Um, you know, he, he's got his, uh, his, his wife that he, he loves a wife or I guess it's technically girlfriend or fiance and then all that. But, uh, you know, he's doing, he's doing this for her, but he's also, uh, you know, he's got a pass to him too. Uh, there's just, there's actually quite a bit of depth in this show. Um, something more than you'd expect out of a superhero show, especially, but Daredevil really does, does their shows right. Um, all three seasons have been really solid. This season I thought actually was, was probably my favorite out of the three. Um, a lot, a lot of really cool action. Uh, they take, take a lot of stuff back to basics in this show, um, in terms of even just the fighting and, uh, like you see even in the promos uh he's wearing his old black suit from the first season where it's just basically a, a black uh handkerchief over his head when wearing some black clothes as well so um the suit does come into play in and some episodes that the actual red one but um that's uh that would be kind of kind of going into spoilers a little bit but um yeah, it's it's uh, it's back to basics, but um, it's it, but it adds such such a, a whole bunch of depth to all the characters. Karen Page has her own episode. Uh, Foggy has a has a lot more to do on this this season. Um, just a, a, again, really really solid season of, of the show. It sucks that uh, it's done now, or at least done on on Netflix. Um, they uh, they ended it in a way that actually makes quite a bit of sense for the ending, uh, but with a little cliffhanger too. So. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out if it's one that you haven't uh, gone to, kind of like I did. You're, you're waiting on maybe because, uh, or you just weren't going to see because, you know, it's ended. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's it's worth a watch. Uh, my, probably my second favorite overall ne- uh, Marvel Netflix season uh, behind Jessica Jones season one. So I would probably give it, uh, I'm going to give it like 4.3 pens to the neck out of five.
0: Ooh, I love a good neck pen. Um <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about this season and all of the all of the seasons of Daredevil, and I've seen a lot of this. Not I've not sat down to watch myself, but I've seen a lot of different episodes, and it it is well done. I, I would agree with what you're saying there. Uh, let me ask yeah. you this: Would you, uh, in a world where it could happen, um, in a movie or in another show or anything like that, would you like to see this cast, uh, you know, in the same roles, uh, in some other form in the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see another season of show. Um, I, the show. The, the cliffhanger the cliffhanger they left would make sense for a final season or another season. That's the thing is like, especially because like, so a lot of this, the season had to deal with like redemption and friends and like family and stuff like that too. And so you don't get a ton of the three together, uh, Karen Page, Foggy Nelson and, and Matt Murdoch together. Um, but when the moments that they are together, it's like you really miss them together, especially towards the end. And so, because the, that was really, really where the foundation of the show was in the first couple seasons was them building that friendship and then sustaining and, and dealing with challenges in the friendship too. And so this season was, was really not much of them together, but uh, I wanted more of that. And I would love to see another season where they're finally, you know, together and kind of dealing with things together. Um, that may be the, so the reason I don't give it a higher mark too, 4.3 is you know high, but it's not like the best is partially that, you know, I would love to see more of them together. It also was a 13 episode season as opposed to where some of the other Netflix shows have been uh, like 10 recently. And it just could have, it could have been a nice tighter season. There were a few episodes in there where it dragged a little bit, maybe just a little bit too much backstory exposition in it. So it could have been a nice tight 10 episode season. Um, And uh, yeah, like I said, a little bit more with, with the, with the the three of them together. But um, again, nothing really, but good things to say. There was nothing really executed poorly in terms of the acting, fighting, story, all that stuff. So
0: well there you go. Uh relatively high marks and a recommendation. 4.3 neck pens uh <laughs> out of five from Seth on Daredevil. Go check it out on Netflix. Uh this has been the TV corner.
1: That's in my TV corner.
0: Seth, I want to blow you. Woo and uh as he is wont to do, Seth in his strange little mind has concocted yet another new segment uh, that we we're hoping to fold into the show, uh, and I, you know, this is this is your idea. I know what it is, but why don't you explain to the folks at home what we're going to do next?
1: Uh, yeah, my my weird little head has concocted this new segment. Um, big head, by the way, I got a big head. Um, Huge. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah course we're a very movie related show we talk a lot about uh, a lot about movies and uh something that we that we do uh somewhat often i actually noticed uh over this last weekend being around people who don't watch as many movies as we do uh, they don't understand a lot of the quotes <laughs> that we uh that we go back and forth on so i i thought it'd be kind of fun to look up some random quotes for movies um really any movie, it could be any movie under the sun, pull out some quotes that I think are weird, funny, random, or whatever, and uh, Cody will try and guess that movie. Um, at the very least, uh, guess the movie, uh, if he can as well, guess the character or the actor. Um, no, Nothing is on the line for this, just uh, pride on Cody's sake and <laughs> um, may, maybe our uh, innocence with some of these quotes. So, oh, uh, this is, is going to new... get dirty, mm-hmm. isn't it? This is going to get dirty, isn't it, is the title of your sex tape. Um, (laughs) And possibly this week's episode. Exactly. But uh, this is a new segment called Making the Quota.
0: Ooh. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs) My
1: name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. This week's Making the Quota is... I can't even hug my daughter anymore without feeling her boobs.
0: (laughs) Um oh this could be hmm this could be a few things. Um and you know I've seen this movie. Yeah. Mm. We went to
1: it together. I can't even I can't even hug my daughter anymore without feeling her boobs.
0: God, that's a horrifying out of context, that is terrible. (laughs) Right? Um
1: Thanks, IMDB.
0: Is this, uh, is it from edge of 17? <laughs> no. Oh, damn it. I'm trying to think of like a coming of age movie. Is it love Simon?
1: No, we saw it. Uh, it was earlier in 2018. It was like,
0: oh, oh, it's a, uh, it's a uh, blockers, right? Is that John <laughs> yeah?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was, I would say this blockers was a surprise, a surprisingly, surprisingly good movie this year. Uh, right. For the folks who haven't seen Blockers, one of the good one of the good like four or five comedies we got in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed John Cena in it, as much as I want to dislike him in movies, because I don't think he's a good actor. Um, I actually liked him in that. So John Cena in Blockers, what was the quote again?
1: Um, I can't even hug my daughter anymore without feeling her boobs.
0: There you go. Um, I'm just going to clip that out and just make it a sounder so that I can just get you saying that all the time.
1: I mean, I don't have a daughter, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what makes it so creepy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That was a fun one. We'll continue every now and then popping in with uh, another version of Making the Quota. What's your name?
1: Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs)
0: My name is Inigo Montoya.
1: And I quote.
0: All right. This will be fun, too. If you have any quotes that you think uh, would be good for us to use on the show, uh, send them over to Seth at... Seth o. Otter at Soko Show Pod. Uh, maybe maybe use a DM so that I don't see him. Uh, send some some of your favorite quotes over to Seth so we can use them on the show.
1: Slide into my DMs. Jesus, that is. Oh, that's nasty.
0: Let's move on to this week's Mambo number
1: five. Uh. God.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So last week we counted down <laughs> our top ten. I you, you gotta that was gross. I'm like I got the heaves now. Um, uh. Yuck. <laughs> We did our favorite 10 movies of 2018 <laughs> last week um, with uh, with our good buddy Jared. At Jared Buckendall. And uh, a lot of great stuff from last year. But we want to look forward into 2019. Uh, lots of great movies coming out this year. So we're going to count down our top five most animated films of 2019. And I got to tell you, man, this was fucking difficult. I, I have a list of honorable mentions that is longer than my arm. And I do have long arms. And... Um, <laughs> It is. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I think we may have a little bit of overlap, but I was surprised at some of the stuff I was forced to leave out of my top five. Uh, I, I will say that much. So uh, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm sure we're going to leave a lot of stuff out. So let us know in the comments or on the tweets uh, what we left out here. So let's jump into it.
1: Number five. Uh, my number five. I don't think it'll be on your list. Um, let me it, kick, tell me to kick the can if uh, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> if you do. But um, no, I don't think this will be in your list. Uh, it is. MIB International at number five for me.
0: Uh, did not make my list. Was an honorable mention. I'm very excited for this one.
1: I am too. Uh, Men- I think I talked about it when when I talked about the trailer. But uh, Men in Black is uh, a franchise for me that I for for some I, for whatever reason I've really really enjoyed. Even when the movies are bad, I still find some enjoyment out of them. I think it kind of goes back to um, when I was a kid. Uh, my like me and my parents watched the first one a lot and the second one quite a bit too. And I think. Uh, least me and my mom went to the theater for the first one for for when i remember i maybe not i think maybe me and you did i can't remember anyway men in black has some sort of sentimentality to me um and i'm very excited for the new one not just because it's back in the men in black universe but uh the cast is really incredible uh with with uh tessa thompson chris hemsworth liam neeson's from tooken um So it's, it's, uh, it's, I think the cast is, is great. It's going to be, uh, Camille uh, is in it too, doing a voice. So the cast is great. The, the trailers looked great with the, some of the different weapons and a little bit of comedy they put in there. And, um, yeah, I just think, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and I'm excited to get back into that universe. So, um, probably not on a lot of people's, I don't think it was even on Jared, top, Jared's top 10. I think it was an honorable mention, but, um, it's, uh, it's for me, it's up there. I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah, this could be a banger. I have that same. I feel like we were just in that target age group for Men in Black that it just worked for us. So uh, I am excited for that one, too. I, I at one point had it in my top five and ended up sliding it back when I when I pulled up a longer list. So i um, glad that you included it here. Uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised that this is a number five for me. I, I very nearly left it off my list. This is, this is how packed this year is. My number five most anticipated movie is Spider-Man Far From Home. Whoa. There are four movies that I am more excited about than Spider-Man this year, which is saying a lot if you know me at all. Um, I, I mean, it's Spider-Man. That's why I'm excited for it. The reason it's not higher is because I have no fucking clue where it's going to go in the timeline. It's it's coming out after Avengers: Endgame. There's a lot of questions that we just I just don't know anything about this, and it could go in any number of directions. So I'm a little like trying to temper my excitement a little bit and go in a little more cautiously because i don't know where this is going to go but it's spider-man so i'm going to be there night one for sure um so it came in at number five for me i don't need to elongate about spider-man any more than that i don't think but uh so maybe maybe a little lower than somewhat of have. Ex- gross <laughs> I tried to um. the sounder but i missed it uh, here i'll
1: do it <laughs> oh that's
0: nasty so maybe a little lower than folks would have assumed but that i i couldn't i couldn't leave it off my list
1: yeah i didn't think it'd be number one i think i know what your number one is for sure but i didn't think it'd be five i thought it'd be maybe number two uh three at the the, at the very least so Mm -hmm. a little surprised you'll Um, be uh i think
0: when when you hear my list you'll say oh okay i get it
1: it's an honorable mention for me as well um i mean there's there's, uh, there's there's another Marvel movie I'm much more excited for first. So maybe if this one came, maybe, I mean, it wouldn't make sense in terms of the movies, but if Spider-Man came out before Avengers or like, you know, if they swapped that in Captain Marvel, again, wouldn't make sense. But if they did that, it actually might make my list because it's, you know, in my mind right now coming up. But because it doesn't take place until after uh, Avengers, we don't know what the fate of that movie is going to be. I can't really get excited about it until after Avengers. You exactly. know Exactly. Yeah. So, number four. This is actually very apt. I did not plan it this way. Um, but uh, my number four is Toy Story 4. So I know that doesn't make your list. No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Toy Story 4, very excited. Um, yeah, Toy Story is, uh, it's a very special place in my heart. Toy Story, the first one, was one of my most watched kids' movies um, up there with Lion King. And then, like, the third one came at such a perfect time for me. Uh, it just, it the, the third one just had such a, such an impact at that point. Um, probably the closest that I've ever been to spilling some tears in the theater um, with that with that ending. So. I, yeah, I, I'm very excited for Toy Story 4. I don't know how much this will relate now in life uh, compared to like when Toy Story 3 did. Because Toy Story 3 was like about leaving for college, like Andy left for college and that was the final scene and, and all that. I don't really see having like a 30-year-old Andy like playing <laughs> with his belly button with some toys in his living room. So, <laughs> so pretty close to I, home I, it. <laughs> Andy's doing a podcast talking about toys that he had when he was a kid. Oh, here's my top five toys from when I was seven years old. I got my Buzz and my Woody. Gross. I really like taking off Bo Peep's dress.
0: Oh, my God. Please don't make that movie.
1: But, uh, yeah, Toy Story 4, I'm excited to see what happens with it. They added uh, Key and Peel to the voice cast as well. I mean, these movies have, have been great since they've been making them, so it's hard to doubt what they're going to do. Um, you know, they've taken all this time to make it as well. Um, see how You saw how all that time uh, they took for Incredibles, so um, I am incredibly excited for Toy Story 4.
0: Ooh, there's a good one. Uh yeah i i don't really care about toy story i get it I, I totally understand why people do it just didn't strike with me the way i don't think i've seen toy story 3 yet which i know is probably a crime <sighs> to most of yeah our the thing
1: is now it's not going to hit you right like it would have you would have cried like a little baby back bitch during <laughs> during toy <laughs> story 3
0: <laughs> yeah i might have i, I probably would have that was an emotional time i don't blame you for getting emotional
1: good thing i had 3d glasses on because uh you know it, it, it i might have squirted a few oh
0: jeez uh that sounds about right uh, my number four <laughs> my number four is, uh, it's the movie on my list that is the most, I think, intriguing to me. And it's Jordan Peele's upcoming Us.
1: See, I thought that'd be a little bit higher for you.
0: Yeah. So I have, um, I'm a huge fan of Get Out. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites of the last five years. Peele, I think, has a lot to live up to by this being really the follow-up to It. Or not to It, but um, to Get Out. And the premise of this movie, I think, is one that lends itself to being fucking scary and very creepy. And it's been a while since I've seen a really good horror movie. I don't I don't think there was a really good horror movie last year. A lot of people liked hereditary. I was not as much of a fan. Um, I'm ready to get my pants scared off and I'm ready for some psychological shit to go on. Um, and I trust I trust a uh, Peel to take me on that. Uh, kind of journey so I I know a lot of people are lining up for this this is making a lot of people's most anticipated lists and I'm right there along with them so uh, don't want to talk much plot because I know uh, even with Jared uh, you know a lot of folks trying to trying to go in pretty cold into this one and I think that's a good idea so us the the peel follow-up comes at number four for me I'm, I'm pretty jazzed and we don't have to wait very long I think this is just a couple months away so
1: yeah I think March is when it comes out number three you kind of briefly said it uh, there for a second. You said it <laughs> instead of uh, us. Uh, but my number three is It Chapter Two.
0: This is awesome. Um, we both This is both of our number threes. So we share our number no, right Both of
1: number threes? Yeah. All it right. Chapter we can both two. talk about it. That's funny. Um, yeah. The first one, I just was shocked at how much I loved the first one. Um, I had s- such a good time, which is weird to say uh, for a movie where uh, a children's arm is bitten off and he uses it to wave. Um I had a good time in that movie. Uh, It was funny. It was charming. It was scary. It, you know, it it had everything that I wanted uh, for coming into it. Um, And Pennywise, I mean, uh, Bill Skarsgård does an amazing job as Pennywise. So I'm excited to get more of him. Uh, I love the cast they've announced. Um, I I know you've told me the story, how it goes in the book, um, which... I don't know if I'm ready for that, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna get it. <laughs> so we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do. But you know, it's hard. Again, it's hard to doubt the the filmmakers of this. Is it Fukunaga who who did it? Who's doing it? Yep. Uh, it's hard to doubt him from the the first the first movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I can't wait to to see where they go and uh, finish out the 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 it book.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, small correction on—I I agree with you on Fukunawa, but it's Andres Muschietti is the uh,
1: Muschietti, is the That's director. who it is. Yeah, and they did a yep.
0: fantastic job with the first. I—the thing that I'm excited about this. So they had some some pretty scary scenes in the first one. In general, I didn't think it was a scary movie, but a couple of things, you know, really yeah. got really got scary. They were trying to scare kids in the first one, and bringing that up to grown ass adults—you know—they're probably about forty now. Um, and what's going to scare them is going to be really, really interesting. I think this could get super fucking dark and super scary and it's going to get pretty emotional. If it it goes anywhere close to the book, there's going to be a lot of really great... I've always said about the book It, it's not a horror book. It's got scary stuff in it, but it's about a million other things. And so if they can tap into any amount of that depth and still deliver some good scares, I think this is going to be a hit. It's probably going to do a bunch of fucking money in September when it releases, just like the first It did. Um... I think this is this is going to be a top ten movie of the year, I believe, um, when we get to the end of the 2019 box office, even in a packed year. And um, I think that it's got a lot to live up to, but they've they've taken the time, they've got a bang and cast. We, didn't even, we haven't even mentioned the cast yet; is incredible. I think this could be really good, and I'm really looking for it. It's one of my probably my favorite book I've ever read, and the first one did it justice. So if they bring it in for a nice landing, I'll be very happy with how this adaptation turned out.
1: Number two, uh, my number two is the one that uh I I'm I am I mean this is hard the my number 1 and 2 is very hard to d- to distinguish and, and separate for me but um I I decided number 2 is one that's coming I think it's coming a little bit sooner than my number 1 and uh, uh the trailer so far has has only ex- ramped up my excitement but uh, it's Avengers Endgame is my number 2
0: For 2 oh I don't know what your number 1 is then
1: Oh, you will you know.
0: I do. I maybe um, I just haven't thought about I th- I thought for sure Avengers would be your number 1. I it didn't make my top 5. Um, so,
1: didn't make your top 5. No, it did. not Okay. Uh, I had
0: it on there high. Again, I had it high, but I had to keep sliding it down for some of these others, but no, this go ahead. This okay. is uh, obviously, you know, duh, it's on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avengers Endgame, uh it's uh it I mean, I'm very excited to see what happens uh with 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 with, with this movie and the first one was such a such an insane reaction coming out of it. I just heard today actually that so the the Russo's who directed wrote all this stuff and everything um all of the all of the trailers all the footage everyone's going to see beforehand takes place in the first 15 minutes of the movie everything else like so trailers tv spots all that is all within the first 15 minutes of the movie that means everything the the 2 hours 45 minutes after that, will not be seen by the public until they see the movie. That is so, the best
0: thing I've ever fucking heard. I, this right? just, just, just jumped up my list so far just because of that fact. I fucking love <laughs> this. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I mean, some people have kind of discussed, like, do they have that power? And usually no. You know, usually that's, that's kind of up to uh, the people who make the trailers. But um, people are going to this movie anyway. You know, it's, it, everyone's going to this movie. They mm-hmm. don't really need a trailer, <laughs> you know? So if if that's the case, and I hope that's that's what they continue to do, it, this movie's going to be... Because think of... I mean, even... Just, and, and Marvel does a good job of, like, cutting stuff out of trailers, you know? Like, um in and, and the Infinity War trailer, Hulk was there, and he wasn't. He was in mm-hmm. the Hulkbuster instead. You know, so they do that. They cut stuff in and out of trailers. But if we don't see two hours and 45 minutes of movie... That's all fresh stuff, and that's the movie. Like, that's basically the bulk of the, That's all of the important stuff in the movie. That's awesome. That's going to be so cool. Um, it's going to be such an insane ex- theater experience. I cannot wait for this movie and, and to see where, where, where it goes and kind of where the, the MCU is going to head after... Again, it's insane how anyone can be excited about a movie after 10 years of that movie, essentially. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: So I love that. I, I, this is what all trailers should always be. Just tee me up and get me into the theater, right? Give me something from the first 10 minutes. I don't need to see the big action shot in the third act in your trailers. This is more about trailers than Infinity War for me, like, or uh, Endgame for me, but like... Just, just get me to the theater. Give me the first little bit. Tell me what's what the start point of the movie is. Put the little fucking ball on the tee and then come hammer a three hundred yard drive. I think they're I think they're setting themselves up to do just that here. Right now, the reason this doesn't make my list. Right now, I am in in my Marvel cycle that I tend to go through. Right now, I'm in the cautious optimism part where I'm really trying not to get super excited and then let down. As we get closer, I'm sure I will get much more excited as I did last year. And so. Um, but I, I am, I mean, you can't not be. I've watched 20 fucking movies to get ready for this one. Of course, I'm going to be jazzed up uh, when it does come around. So we'll be interested to see how, uh, how Captain Marvel sets it up and, and gets us ready. And then uh, maybe I will watch some teasers if, uh, if I know that it's not going to spoil anything major for me. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but one, one I expected you to have on your list, I left it off of mine. But uh, again, uh, may, maybe potentially biggest movie of all time numbers is what we're looking at for Endgame. So a lot of people looking forward to that one. Okay, so my number two is like a perfect storm of movie for me. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood, and huh. so this is Quentin Tarantino's next movie. It's got uh, it's got a setting that is like '60s California. It's going to involve uh, maybe like the Manson family murders and stuff like that. Just this cast, Margot Robbie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Dakota Fanning, Kurt Russell, Al Pacino, Timothy Oliphant, James Marsden is in this, Tim Roth. I'm sure all of the, uh, you know, several of the, um, usual Tarantino characters are going to be in this. Don't be shocked if Sam Jackson shows up and it's fucking Tarantino. Like the story, the, the set in the past nature of it, DiCaprio and Pitt as like kind of your two leads here, um, And and it's this is all things that I want. Tarantino is probably my favorite filmmaker that has been making movies in my lifetime. So like, this is everything that I want to see. And uh, you know, as much as I'm really jacked for like Infinity War, I or Endgame, I I I know pretty close to what I'm going to get out of that movie. This one is so nebulous right now. I have no clue. And I've never been disappointed by a Tarantino movie. So I'm really really excited to get to this one. I think it doesn't come out until. Like September, So it's going to be a little bit, but uh, number two on uh, August is when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two on my list right now, mainly because I'm such a ta- fan of Tarantino and I love this cast.
1: Number one, John Wick <laughs> chapter three, bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my second chapter in, in my top five list with it chapter two. A lot of chapters coming out this year. No, yeah, John Wick, come on, come on now. Um, I'm I'm pissed you didn't make your top five.
0: I think I'm um, so I I love John Wick as much as you. I have to say I'm uh, just like my Marvel thing. I, I'm cautiously optimistic on this one because I think. <laughs>
1: no.
0: I mean I, I know that the thi- I know that there's the John Wick thing, right? Which is he shoots guys in the head and kicks them in the nuts. Like that's his thing. I've seen that now for three hours. So what next can they do? And I'm in the I'm in the realm of like, come on, John Wick, impress me this time. I know that you're just if you get more of the same, you'll be psyched. So I'm I'm just a, I'm just waiting back a little more than you are. I'm still very excited for this. I love the first two as much as you do, um, but I'm just a little more uh, skeptical going into this one than I think you are.
1: No, yeah, no, and, and I I even like when I put it number one. I was like, this this is I'm I'm very pumped for this movie, but this this easily could be the worst movie. Uh, not only of this list, but the worst movie of the year potentially. Uh, Keanu Reeves is not a great actor. I don't know if you know that, <laughs> and uh, and so um, it could be a terrible movie, and I'm fully I'm fully aware of that. But I like the first movie. It it took me like two years to see. It, it took you like four. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally had to like I had to I had to like drag you to like to to watch it one day, um, and it was awesome. And then we saw the second one, and we were fucking like yelling in the in this theater and like. Was it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, there's just like, there's not, there. there's very few theater experiences like seeing a John Wick movie. And I'm so pumped to go see this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be the same movie, but I mean, they, they, like, like we talked about, we went in depth about the second one, just like how they slowly peeled back layers of this universe. I think there's enough of a foundation here where they, you know, they can, they can do just enough to uh, you know, continue to add to the story, uh, finish out John Wick's story. Anyway, um, the, the action and, uh, fighting has been amazing. Uh, I expect them to, to take it to another level with this, this one. Um, I think it's just, I, I, again, I think it could be terrible, but I, I personally have high hopes and I, I feel like it's going to be awesome and it's going to be over the top and it's going to be just like, I think it's going to be the most fun, you're gonna have in in the theater this year it might not be amazing storytelling, but it's going to be the most fun the most fun two hours you'll be you'll have in the theater this year
0: <laughs> I hope so yeah, I mean you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. I really hope you aren't i i ho- I really want this to live up to uh, everything that that you want it to be. I really do hope so um but in a year from now, we could be talking about it in a list that we don't want to be. <laughs> We'll see though. <laughs> I think that's a good parlay into my number one, uh, which is, of course, Star Wars Nine duh. Um, everyone who knows me knew this was gonna be on top. Yeah, I mean, just bringing the end of this whole Skywalker thing, you know, these nine movies, you know, soon to be nine movies that we've had. Um, I love Last Jedi, a lot of people shit on it, but I love it. Um, so you know, I just want to know what happens. You know what happens with Ray and Kylo and all of that, and there's gonna be some great getting back to. J.J. Abrams, I think will be exciting. I love The The Force Awakens. I think if we were to rank our Star Wars movies would be my favorite one. And Mm -hmm. so getting back to him, uh, he really does that kind of grandiose, you know, feeling of like wonderment and, you know, really just being excited about being in the world of Star Wars. He did that really well in The Force Awakens. So I'm excited to get back to that and bring a conclusion to a lot of these storylines. And really just see, you know, again, you know, like a couple on the, uh, like, um, like the previous one on my list, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't know what's going to happen in this. I have no clue. And mm-hmm. I like that, you know, and the fact that it's a mystery is cool to me. Still no title, still no footage. And I say wait as long as you can, uh, all the way until December, uh, Or we're going to have to wait until we get this one, but I'll certainly be there on night one for Star Wars because duh, it's fucking Star Wars.
1: I mean, I'll be there. I feel like I'm just obliged to go at this point. Like... <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I, I just... I Like you said, The Force Awakens was, was an amazing... I had such a fun time with that movie. It was great. I loved it. And then I saw Rogue One, and I was just like, yeah whatever. And then I saw Flash Jedi, and that had moments where I was like, this is cool. But I, I, I mean, I wasn't blown away. And then Solo, I just was... I mean, it was f- fine. <laughs> but it was... I mean, I just... Star Wars, for me, hasn't been, you know, a... It hasn't been the spectacle that a lot of people have it as, um, I might, I mean, again, I I feel like I'm obliged to go, but uh, part of the reason I was always so excited to go is because you were excited to go. (laughs) So if you're, you're not here, I don't know if I'm going to be that pumped to go to it. Um, maybe I need to fly out there or you need to come out here to go see it or something.
0: (laughs) That actually might have to happen. That is going to be right around the holidays. So maybe I'll make a trip back, um, We'll see, but long ways to go until Star Wars. Yeah, I I mean, it's one of those things, if you didn't get in early on Star Wars, uh, then I don't don't blame you for not being as huge a fan as I am. Like, I've been a fan of Star Wars since I was fucking six years old. You know, of course I love it. Um, So I don't blame a person who's not a fan of Star Wars who came on late. So no hate for me. A lot of people will tell you why it's amazing. I don't feel like I need to explain it to you. But yeah, I think, again, most people are just obligated to go see it because it's Star Wars. Like, everyone has to go see Star Wars so that you can have conversations with people. Um, So it's obviously going to do a bunch of fucking money. It's the only movie coming out in December, pretty much. So I'll be interested to see how it stacks up against the rest of the box office. But I know they're going to get probably two or three tickets worth of my money. So uh, I'm excited for that one. And a lot of the stuff, you know, this whole list is movies that, you know, we only had crossover, I think, once. So this is nine movies we've already mentioned that are definite opening weekend uh, you know, views for us. Um, I've got honorable mentions. Pet Cemetery it was very nearly made my list. I think this could be a very good King adaptation uh, and very scary. Uh, of course, Endgame and Men in Black were on my list, but you included them. The Lion King didn't make my top five. And there's a Lion King coming out, and it didn't make my top five. That's how stacked this year is. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Glass is coming out, uh, even just in the next couple weeks. So really excited to see that whole Shyamalan thing come together and, and how they kind of wrap all that up. Um, another one I had on my list was Rocket Man. And this is Taryn Edgerton playing um, playing Elton John. And, you know, we just saw The Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Rami Malik won uh, the Golden Globe. We'll get back to that in a second. Um, I think this could potentially fill in that same kind of film next year and be one that a lot of people are singing along to and having a lot of fun. And if Edgerton is good, maybe some potential nominations. Um, I've only seen very brief uh, trailers and things, but I like the way this... Looks, there's a little bit of a fantasy element to it, um, so I'll be there for this one. I like I like Taryn Egerton and I, I love Elton John's music, so I'll be there for that one. That's a that's one that I, I missed on my initial go throughs, but um, when I came back to the full list of what's coming out next year, that's one I am pretty charged up for.
1: Yeah, Lion King was one I, I debated putting in there uh, in my top five. Glass is too soon for me to be like anticipating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it comes out in like a week or two, so it's not like for me to for me it's just like oh I'm excited to see it. I still need to watch Split actually. I'm gonna be doing that in the next couple of days, so I just bought that on Blu-ray, so I'll be watching that. Yeah, Once Upon the Time Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was one that I'm that I'm really excited for. The Irishman is one I'm excited for.
0: So we have know, I- you mentioned the Irishman. Happy Death Day to you. I know is one we'll both go see because we enjoyed the first.
1: Yeah. I'll see it but I'm not like anticipating that. Yeah. It's, you know, it'll it'll come out.
0: They're telling us that Zombieland 2 is this year. Um we'll mm-hmm. see on that. I will well, you know, we'll see. But uh that'll be one I get to absolutely if it does come out. Joker.
1: Joker is one I'm excited for. Yep.
0: Joker is definitely a new one. Um The new Mutants, Shazam, the new Mutants has a date, but I don't think that's going to be coming out. Uh Shazam is one I'm very excited for as well as Hellboy. Um, yeah, it seems yeah. like there's two or three fucking superhero movies a month. Uh, the Lego Movie Two is not one I'm excited for. But oh yeah,
1: that comes out like March.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about I'm Godzilla? Are you gonna go see Godzilla? Uh,
1: so, um, I'll see it. But so the, I think there's there's two sides to Godzilla, um, and, and, and in terms of both movies. So I know like Jared has his high up on, and he falls on one side. Uh, Jared had this at like five, I think, on his list. So definitely check out his his most anticipated. Um, but He's not a fan of the first one, or as big of a fan of the first one, because it didn't show a lot of Godzilla. Um I know we both liked the first I know I did. You liked the first liked one too, it. didn't yep. you? I actually liked it more because it wasn't Godzilla destroying stuff the entire time. Um I liked that it there was it was kinda one of those like reveal things. Like you didn't really see the full Godzilla. It made him seem more powerful, it made him seem daunting yeah. and and in all that, you know, made him seem like a force. And this one is going to be a full out monster brawl movie. And I, you know, they, that's fine, but that's what some of the older Godzillas were. Mm-hmm. And they're not great. You know, like this, the first Godzilla, I felt had some depth to it. It had, it, it had a, you know, it had just that, like I said, like a, um, it had more of just like a, a stronger feel for, for Godzilla, and it just made him seem more imposing. Whereas, like, this is just going to be a monster brawl um, with fucking Eleven from Stranger Things in it. Like, I I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm really not that excited for it. Um, maybe it'll surprise me, but, you know, I, I can see, you know, I can go play a video game and, and have two monsters fighting each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe reminiscent of Rampage from this last mm, year which mm. which i thought was a fart moment. perfect um perfect so yeah, i'll go see this one i'm not nearly as high on it as jared uh, to your point i'm closer to you on it but we'll see um two disney live action remakes coming out aladdin and dumbo i, I say two lion king as well but we also have aladdin and dumbo um, okay. you have to go to one but you can only go to one which which you pick
1: I think I'll still choose Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know people have been down about what they've seen so far, uh, which hasn't been great. I mean, the, the the stuff that they've shown hasn't been great, but Disney does this. Um, you know, Disney will, will release small clips and small uh, things. Uh, people did not like what they saw out of The Jungle Book at first, and then people ended up loving that movie. Um, I think Aladdin does suit itself pretty well for a live-action movie, um, just like Mulan kind of does. So I, I, you know, I... I I, I would rather see it over Dumbo. I'm not a huge I, I mean Dumbo is one of the few Disney movies I really haven't seen all of mm-hmm. um you'll know, probably saw it or at least if I saw it, I was very young where I don't remember it um, and it's not a story that really uh that's 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 even for the, even more of a younger audience uh you know you know than uh than Aladdin does Aladdin could be cool with some of the the fighting and and all that stuff too in it so um i, I would I would choose Aladdin.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Dumbo here because I am more off-put by the first looks of Aladdin than, than you are, and I know that's unreasonable, and I get that, but just I I can't get excited for it until I see something that convinces me otherwise. Um, I think Dumbo could be really good. It, it, In and of itself, the original is very simple, very much for kids, but I think they're going to expand upon that a little bit from what I've seen, and I really like the look of this, so I think Dumbo could be very good. Um, and Aladdin is going to need to impress me with something before I get excited about that one again. If you had asked me six months ago, I would have said Aladdin dead on because of the story on its own. Um, but that has soured to me a little bit. I may end up coming back around. I'm definitely going to still see it. Um, but right now between the two, give me Dumbo, I say. You're wrong. <laughs> so that's going to make up our list of the most anticipated movies of 2019. I think we've had most of the heavy hitters, but let us know on the tweets if we've missed out on anything. And what is your most anticipated movie of the year? Let us know. And don't forget to check out uh, over on the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. Jared has posted his list of his top 10 favorites as well. Uh, some some from our list and some that aren't on our list. So make sure you check that out as well. We're going to link to it in the description box. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mumbo number five. Let's skip forward into a little bit of movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies.
0: A couple small pieces of news before we get into a little bit of the Golden Globe stuff. Um, Two movies that were in a little bit of question, um, but we have a little bit more clarity on. The first is going to be Venom Two. Now we've suspected we were getting a sequel for this, but it's not been fully confirmed. Um, It has now been confirmed. Venom Two is in the works. Uh, Tom Hardy is set to return as um, uh, Eddie Brock. And uh, (laughs) and he is is set to come back. Uh, They are saying that there may be a new director. It sounds like the director of the first one may not be returning for whatever reason. I don't know why. So they may be in search of a new director. But Venom 2 is uh, set to go into production sometime soon. There is a um, release date owned by Sony of uh, October of 2020. That I believe is the target of Venom Two, but uh, that is yet to be confirmed. So no surprise here, Seth, that we're getting Venom Two after the commercial success of the first.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're gonna. That's you, what I mean, you didn't love. I liked Venom One a little bit more than you did. Um, you didn't like yeah. it so much, but you'll. I assume you'll go to the second one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first one was a movie. Um, that's about all I can say about it. I mean, I again, I liked. I think I'll actually like the second one more because I liked the first one when it was you know he, he was with venom when he was with the symbiote. So that didn't take place until 45 minutes into the movie. Um so I think I'll I think I'll like I think I'll like the second one more because he should feasibly be in this in the, the symbiote suit for uh you know the entire the entire movie uh, essentially. Um they're also going to introduce Carnage, spoilers. So um <laughs> you know it's uh it's it, it you know it has more going for it. So uh, as long as there's no more poop jokes, um I'm, I'm in.
0: you didn't like the poop joke
1: it it just seems so out of place
0: (laughs) i mean i guess like a
1: dirt in the wind (laughs) yeah it just seems so fucking out of place it was weird it's amazing can you imagine Um,
0: like they probably wrote 10 jokes and chose that one can you imagine the ones they didn't pick like it it was a handy line uh so venom 2 in the works keep an eye out for that one in a couple years There was a lot of drama in 2018 about Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. Uh, James Gunn had, of course, the tweets come out, gets fired from the movie. Then the movie gets, quote-unquote, shelved, and its future was unknown. Um, We do have confirmation, I believe it was from Feige, um, someone at Marvel has confirmed this week that Guardians 3 is still happening. And so they are still going forward with plans for Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. You know, not a lot of detail there. We I don't think have any... uh, I don't think we even have any rumors for uh, who might be directing Guardians 3, but it does sound like they still plan on bringing it out. Um, most recently, I did hear that uh, Travis Knight, who directed Bumblebee, was uh, maybe someone that they were taking a look at, but that's been a little bit since I heard it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I I am down on Guardians. I did not like the second one, and I don't think they add a lot to Infinity War in their parts. so I don't really care about Guardians 3. Where are you... On the Guardians meter, are you revved up for a part three, or I? I think you're a little higher on me than on them than me, aren't you?
1: Yeah, a little higher. Um, not super stoked um, for one. I would. I mean, there's other other characters I'd rather see a movie for. I, th- I feel like they they deserve at least an ending. You know, uh, the, those characters deserve to have some some sort of. You know, if if they're they're all done, you know, as, as their roles, I feel like they deserve to have a final movie mm-hmm. just because they have. You know, they have whether whether you like all the movies or not they i mean they they did something pretty incredible uh with with being a completely no name character group and became a huge franchise you know a huge a huge successful franchise people love these characters uh whether you not they love the movies too so it, you know they deserve to have some sort of ending if that's kind of what they plan on doing is is wrapping up these characters or this iteration of the guardians they deserve to kind of have a send off so
0: I want to put out a theory here and uh respond to it or don't. I don't care I think that I think everyone is fooled by these movies, and I'll tell you why the soundtracks for these movies are incredible. No one is doubting that you can play just these soundtracks and have happy music for the rest of your days i think every I think those soundtracks fooled us into thinking these are good movies and enjoyable characters. I think that's what I think that's what happened. I think I'm listening to you know, Hooked on a Feelin' by Blue Suede, and that's an incredible song, so I don't care what's going on on screen, because I love that song so much. I honestly think if you replaced that score or that soundtrack with anything else, you would realize that those are, that it's not as good as people think. Now, that's part of the movie, I get it, it's included, I don't think that makes it any worse, but I think that what everyone loves about that is the music, and not the movies, and I think that's why I'm less on them, because I think I noticed that in the second movie, because that second movie is not very good. I I don't care. It, I don't care what anybody says. It's not very good, but the music is, and it fools you into thinking you enjoyed it. So I am down. I don't like the Guardians. I'll go. I'll go as far as to say I don't like them, and I think that that's why. I think they tried to trick us with their music, and it's worked on most people, but it's not going to fucking work on me. And maybe I'm the asshole, but that's what I think.
1: I think you're a bit of the asshole there. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: that's okay. <laughs>
1: I you know the music definitely helps with with a lot of those. I mean, music is a big. I mean, it is it is a big part of movies. You know, that's. Um, I mean, look at A Star Is Born. You know that 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 music got me into the theater and you know got me those feelings and all that stuff. But um, I think a lot of it too is writing and and uh, you know those movies were were. They were funny, and you know the humor got people to 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 enjoy them. And I think they, I thought they all had good good chemistry together. Even though the second one I didn't enjoy as much, and the music you know wasn't as good, um, I still think I enjoyed seeing those guys together. And uh, you know, I think I think the issue with the second one is it just got too sophomore with the humor mm-hmm. for me. Um, and uh, they you know they kind of dumbed it down a little bit compared to the first one. I don't know. I, I think I think they're all enjoyable characters. I think they all do a good job. You know, I, I don't think you know i don't think music is is what totally carries a movie um and gets people to like a movie uh unless you know you could maybe put bohemian rhapsody there i don't know but uh <laughs> but uh you know i i don't know it's uh they they're not my favorite marvel characters by any means and uh you know if if they if they just disappeared off the face of the planet i wouldn't be mad um you know i'm not clamoring for guardians 3 but you know i think they again i think they they would deserve uh you know a finale just like any any sort of uh, Iron Man, you know, they, they don't deserve to be a focal point or f- of a, of a finale in like Avengers that, that is reserved for like a cap or an Iron Man or um, you know, that type of thing, you know, they're, they're, they're the temples, but um, you know, if, if they got a finale in their own movie, which not everyone's obliged to see, I feel like that's, that's pretty apt.
0: Yeah. Get rid of them. <laughs> um, you mentioned <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. That is going to feature into our recap of the golden globes which were this past week. Uh, Again, I regrettably watched the entire ceremony. Um, Let's recap the winners here. There were some surprises, um, but I think not a ton. And I'm interested, Seth, to hear your take on what this might mean for the Oscars. So quick rundown of the winners here. Uh, Best drama went to Bohemian Rhapsody, which I think is a a fucking tragedy, honestly. Best uh, for musical or comedy went to Green Book. That was a stacked category, I think, Green Book. um, I imagine we'll be coming back to that when we talk Oscars later. Um, the actor and actress winners were Glenn Close for The Wife, someone you've liked for a few months now, and mm-hmm. uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, which was a cool win. Um, exciting for him. Really enjoyed his speech. Seems like a cool guy.
1: Olivia Colman won Best uh, Actress for a Comedy.
0: That is right. We get Olivia Colman. And then for Actor in a Comedy was Christian Bale, who I think uh-huh. um, I think was amazing. Definitely deserved the winner. Um, Best Director went to Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. And that was a, that was a good one. Roma also won for best uh, foreign film, which was no surprise. Uh-huh. Man, Alfonso Cuarón made that entire movie by himself. <laughs> Other than the acting, yeah. he did every he wrote it, cinematography, direct all everything. Um, so that is incredible. Um, supporting actors: Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, and Mahershala Ali for Green Book. So um, two solid winners there. And then uh, First Man gets a win for score. Uh, shallow from a star is born is the winner for best song. Green book gets the best screenplay. I thought that was a good one. Um, and then, uh, the other one, uh, spider-man into the spider verse is the animated winner. That's a quick rundown. Um, let's start Seth at the top with the best picture winner. So you had Bohemian Rhapsody and green book here were the two winners. Uh, and so thinking about that category and who's nominated and who's won, um, what do you what do you think this indicates for the Oscars? I know it's not a direct, you know, because this one it'll do well at the Oscars, but what do you see in here that will carry over and what won't?
1: Honestly, I think I think this helped uh A Star is Born actually solidify its spot as the frontrunner for the Oscars. Um the reason being is Bohemian Rhapsody may not even get nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. And Green book again still has had those 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 uh, things around it Off with the field, with some of the, controversy, the yeah. yeah yeah the controversies and all that I think a lot of the academy and because the Academy does does pay attention to you know all the other awards ceremonies and things like that and I don't think many of them are gonna be happy that Bohemian Rhapsody won <laughs> um, and so I, I think the the that so Starsborn didn't get any love other than the song. I think it's gonna gonna get the Academy to, to vote very heavily for a Star is Born, um, and I, I feel like that is gonna be the front runner, and I I feel like that is what's gonna end up winning at this point right now. Bohemian Rhapsody again, I don't know if that even get nominated. I think Rami Malek uh, has a good shot of getting nominated. Still, I don't think he'll win, but he has a good shot of getting nominated. Mm-hmm. Green Book, I think, is still a lock to get nominated, but I don't think it has a shot of winning at this point. So yeah, the the Rome. Go ahead. The, the, Ro- the Roma thing is interesting. Um, I feel like that is f- getting further and further to the point where that's going to be more of a foreign thing, foreign film thing, uh, than it is going to be in the Best Picture discussion. Um, if it's in the foreign film category for the Oscars, it's going to win uh, easily. Um, I just don't think there's just enough love, especially with having the Netflix stuff and all that and, and not having any stars and, and all kinds of stuff behind it where it's going to be a Best Picture winner um, maybe gets nominated, but I feel like if they go towards the foreign film category instead, they're going to be, uh, cleaning up there. But Koron, I think, you know, he, he's, he's been the front runner for director the entire time. And, uh, that, that I see him being still a front runner for, for the best directing Oscar as well.
0: So let's look at the, let's look at the ladies here. So the, the lead actresses in comedy and drama, uh, Glenn Close was a winner. Um, y- mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier in the season that she, you could potentially see a win for her. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, a good performance by her. You mentioned, but also with the added bonus of maybe kind of a life lifetime achievement um, sort of thing. So you had her winning on the drama side, and then Olivia Coleman. Uh, this is actually a stacked category. If you add the two together for yeah. ten. Um, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, Nicole Kinman, Melissa McCarthy, Rosamund Pike, Emily Blunt, Olivia Coleman, Elsie Fisher, Charlize Throne, and Constance Wu. Um, it, there's a bunch of really I, great female performances here. So I'm interested to, to hear, like, what are a couple of these things that, that you think will be left out and what, what you think will get in?
1: I don't actually think that with the Oscars, the the acting. I think Best Pictures is the only one that does 10. Um, I think the acting and everything, yeah, they'll basically do five. everything else besides, yeah, uh, it's five and... Yeah. That yeah that'll be stacked. Um that I that for sure the locks to be in that are Glenn Close and Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um I think at least one of the one of the favorite actors will be in there, actresses will be in there. God, there there's I mean there's some really hard outliers in there too. The only one I haven't seen out of that list is uh well actually no cuz you said Regina Hall's in that as well, right? Uh that's supporting. These are lead. That's supporting. Okay, that's lead. So, yeah, I haven't seen Destroyer and so i don't know i can't really comment on that one but yeah that, that's a hard one to put put other people into it's be it's, some it's hard, very stacked
0: yeah some some of some really great performances are going to get left out there and that's uh, that's unfortunate but at this point uh, let's say it is between lady gaga and glenn close who do you like
1: i would still go glenn close i think it, there's just a, so much there her performance is is really a, you know it's a transformative performance in terms of what she has to do being a different person. I mean, like I said, Lady Gaga does a great job. She she's incredible in that movie. But, you know, this isn't too too far of a stretch. It's also her first nomination. Uh, Glenn Close is, you know, she's a she's been acting for decades now. And she uh, she she hasn't won it. She hasn't won the big one. And uh, it's an extremely good performance. She carries that movie. That movie would not be half as good without her. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I would still go with Glenn Close.
0: Let's talk about the men here. Uh, Rami Malek wins for drama, which again just shocks me. That Bohemian Rhapsody winning here, I think, is an insult. I think there, I think it was the fifth best movie on this list, and I love that movie. Don't don't get me wrong, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. I think it's the fifth best movie on that on that list of five in the drama category. Um, but I did really like Rami Malek. I think he was deserving of the win he got. Um, uh, Christian Bale on the comedy side wins. Are they your two front runners? Do you think for uh, for the Oscar?
1: No, I don't think for the Oscar. I, w- I would put Christian Bale as one um, for sure. I still think Bradley Cooper has a really good shot at winning, and I still and I think Viggo Mortensen has a decent shot at winning. I know he has the I know he has the, you know, controversy around him, but uh, so did Gary Oldman. <laughs> so, uh, um, and uh, Casey Affleck too. So, um, controversy does not uh, necessarily mean a loss. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be three three way race with the with with Bradley Cooper and uh and Christian Bale leading that race but by by a decent margin. So I think it'll come out of those two. I just Rami Malek, I for whatever reason these these voters had had some sort of, you know, some sort of uh affinity towards <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like you said, it's a good movie. Rami Malek is great and it it just uh it just it, it just it didn't seem like a it was really it was great but it wasn't exactly what I, what I see out of an Oscar type performance, you know, Bradley Cooper being that role, you know, he's instantly that person. Um, I still, you know, even, even though I saw, like, I still saw, I saw Freddie Mercury with, with him being, with Rami Malik playing him, I still saw Rami Malik too, a bit, uh-huh. you know? So it's, whereas like, you don't see an ounce of, of Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. You don't see, for me, I, I didn't see Bradley Cooper anymore, you know, Viggo Mortensen, I don't know him as well, but like, he was Tony Lip from the, from the beginning of that movie the, that you know it's it's more the performance as opposed to like the the it just felt to me like those guys were playing a, you know were being a character whereas uh, Rami Malek is kind of playing doing an awesome job but he was playing Freddie Mercury you know like doing an impression kind of but yeah. I a really good impression right yeah like, a great one a great you know, one but yet I, yeah I get, I get
0: what you're saying yeah um, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I, agree, I would agree with you that Christian Bale. For me, if I had to put money on it today, I would, I would bet on him because um, he is incredible in that movie. Um, and especially to see him come up to accept the award last night and to see how he looks normally compared to Dick Cheney is hilarious to me. Yeah, um, I love it. We're, we'll, we'll skip the supporting and come back to those when we when we actually play the Oscar game um, in a couple months here. But I'm interested uh, to hear your take on director. Do you think Quaron is a front runner? I mean, this is a tough. It's a tough category, right? So you have Cooper, who uh, obviously did a great job with The Stars Born, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, Peter Farrelly, I think, is 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 great for Green Book. Um, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, and then Adam McKay for Vice. I think this is a great pool. And if you're asking me, I haven't even seen Roma, but just from what I've heard, it seems to me like he might be the frontrunner. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's by far and away the frontrunner. Not to say that those other people didn't do a great job, but uh, Bradley Cooper, it's his first movie. The, the Academy has a hard time recognizing first, first-timers in anything. quoron has been, you know, he's had a couple now and, mm-hmm. and he hasn't won it. So, you know, he's 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 proven that he deserves to be there. Um, and especially with that movie, what he does, uh, flopping dongs and all, he he does a good job. Uh, what else? He said Adam McKay. I uh, just, yeah, that, critically, that movie hasn't got a, you know, it's gotten a good reception, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's, it, to me, it just, it, it seemed like it was a, a pretty uh pr- too similar to like the big short for people to recognize how you know for it to be something fresh in people's mind and and make them be like oh you know it's deserving of a best director um peter peter forelli he uh you know again great movie i loved it. my favorite movie of the year but the directing as it was isn't what i was enamored by right. you know it was the performances it was the the writing really mm-hmm. that was that was really into it so um is there anyone else you mentioned there
0: um, Spike Lee.
1: Spike Lee, yeah. I I mean, he, great again, great movie. Yeah, he's just doing um, his Spike Lee just, thing, right? It, like, yeah, it's, it's just, not again, nothing new. I, I think I think that's gotta. I think that's going to Corona, and, and I think that's that's. I think at this point a lock.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about a couple that I that I'm almost certain are locks. Uh, Star is Born had shallow win for best original song. To, yeah. And. um the other one is Into the Spider-Verse for Best Animated. So I think we agree, Shallow will win. That Bet the house on that. Um, do you think that uh, Incredibles 2 will challenge for Spider-Man? Or do you think it's probably Spider-Man going away?
1: Or is there another? There could be another
0: one, maybe, too. If, if there's another... I don't think there is, but...
1: No. No, there's not. <laughs> um, there's not another movie. I mean, some people have mentioned Isle of Dogs. Uh, good movie, but not... And, you know, like maybe when I saw it in March, I would have maybe said, yeah, okay. But you know, (laughs) that was a year ago almost. No, I think it's, I think it's Spider-Man. It's not close. Uh, there's actually been some sort of talk of that being a best picture nomination potentially too. So, um, that would, that would be incredible. (laughs) Um, that would be awesome. I love seeing the love for this movie. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool to see. It's it's such a different movie. You know, it's, it's a, you know, we've talked glowingly about it already, but it's it's really cool to see what people have been talking about this movie and love it's getting. And and uh, it would be awesome to see it as a Best Picture nomination. I doubt it'll happen, um, but if it did, I would be very happy. Um, but yeah, I think at this point is it's is, uh, it's a lock to win, win uh, an- Best Animated Movie.
0: Yep, I would agree, and I hope it does. And I would love to see it nominated for Best Picture. That'd be fucking sweet um one
1: and i i gotta say one thing i'm already looking forward to is i think they still do the performances of the the music i'm already looking forward to bradley cooper and lady gaga doing that oh my doing god that, live. that
0: should be so incredible um one thing before we go i'm looking at best screenplay and i noticed this on the on the thing last night they were talking about it tony the lip vala his son helped write mm-hmm. that movie yeah yeah based on like stories well, he, from his mom and stuff
1: i didn't well, know he's that. been uh his the actual guy, the Tony Tony Lip. He was like he he did acting. He was in The Sopranos.
0: No shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh.
1: So that family's been in show business for for a little bit now, which is cool.
0: Huh. I do love that. That's fun. Their acceptance speech for best screenplay last night was uh, or the other night was pretty fun because they talked about his mom and his dad and it's kind of emotional. It was, it was fun to see.
1: Yeah, and and with the Oscars too. I mean, it's broken up because the, it's not with the Golden Globes, but it, Oscars. It's broken up between adapted and original. That's right. And so this'll, this will this this will be adapted. Uh, Green Book will be because I think it was a book first, and uh, it uh, yeah it, that that sh- that's pretty much a lock to win whatever category it's in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a lot of great stuff. Um, interesting interesting stuff around the Golden Globes. Again, not our favorite um, award, but. Uh, it's going to tide us over until we get to the Oscars, so uh, keep an eye on those. Keep seeing all the uh, Oscar favorites. We should be getting nominations before too long, and we'll be trying to watch all those before the Oscars air, I believe, on February 24th. So uh, we'll be playing the Oscar game again, so keep keep uh, keep out keep an ear out for that on uh, shows to come. So we're going to get into a review. Seth saw a movie in this past week that has gotten no love so far, but I've heard nothing but glowing reviews of, and uh, very interested to hear uh, what you got to say about this one.
1: Yeah, I saw this uh actually January first, so it's been just a little bit since I've seen it, so I'll have to have my memory refreshed a little bit. Blindspotting, which is the David Diggs movie. Um David Diggs is from he was in some of like he was in like the get down, wasn't he?
0: Um I don't know if he was in the get down. I know he was in blackish.
1: He got he... Yeah, he was. He was a Adult Books is his name. He was in ten episodes. Oh
0: fuck. Oh, I love him. I've always wondered who that actor was. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. That's uh he was in Stevie that Diggs. yeah he was in that um blackish and um he's uh one of the original cast i believe of hamilton too so he's okay. he's kind of been big lately
1: um so yeah this this movie for those who didn't haven't really known it is cuz i i mean i've heard really i heard really good things about it before i mean I, um doing the top 10 list uh for our, for our top 10 last week uh, I had seen a bunch of people have this in their top 10, and I was kind of wondering why. I mean, I didn't really, hadn't seen anything about it, never saw a trailer. So I popped on the trailer, looked it really interesting, and, uh, you know, I'm definitely glad I, I uh, took a chance on it and watched it. Um, so Daveed Diggs uh, plays a character named Colin. He is, he's been on probation. It kind of starts with him uh, at the beginning, getting his probation sentence. Uh, I think it's a year or whatever. It's, you know, it says like day one. Uh, and then it fast forwards to like his last three days so it's like days remaining three and then some hours or whatever and so it's his last few days of probation he's working at a moving company with his friend uh miles who's played by actually like his best friend in real life since he was a kid his name is raphael Casal. they actually wrote co-wrote the movie too and uh uh, Miles is kind of a uh, he's so this takes place in Oakland and so he's he's a white guy he he but he acts like he's you know kind of gangster he acts you know um he he acts like a gangster even more than like D- David Diggs does <laughs> and so he's wearing like grills like he's acting like 2002 gangster like he he wears a grill he wears like baggy clothes <laughs> um, all that stuff and Oakland apparently I don't know if this is true but at least in this in this movie Oakland is becoming more of like a hipster place it's becoming more uh. Uh, it's becoming more clean and new buildings and becoming safer and stuff like that in certain areas at least and um he, you know he's he's not he's not quite fitting that um, at this time but um so he's he's starting to do you know kind of crazier things like buy a gun and stuff like that and David Diggs doesn't feel hundred percent comfortable around him and uh, so it's a movie really about kind of their friendship it also has um I can't pronounce the actress's name Janina Gavin Carr, she plays Shiva on the league for those who watched the league. Ah, I love her. Um, yeah, she she plays uh, Colin's ex girlfriend and uh, she she works at the moving company. She's still like clearly cares for him, but is still kind of haunted by why he was in jail. And, and that's something they reveal later on in the movie. But it's really, this movie is kind of a struggle of, of multiple areas. One, it's the friendship. So um, Colin is trying to, you know, better himself. Um, he's also trying to adapt to the newer, the newer Oakland in a, in a bit by being more, you know, by, by, you know, trying to get along with the police and things like that. Um, what he does end up seeing though, and this is pretty early on in the movie too, is he sees someone get shot. Um, just, he's driving home one night. He has to be home by 11 PM, see someone get shot and the, you know, the cops tell him to get out, get out of there, blah, blah, blah. But he sees a, it's a, another black man that gets shot. So he also struggles with, not only is he trying to, you know, uh, adjust to the life in Oakland and all that stuff for with it changing, he also is trying, he's struggling with, you know, the, still with the police, the, the police stuff with, you know, with black people and with whether, whether or not he should uh, feel bad, I guess, in a way, or um, whether or not he identifies with those type of people or just, you know, that just... Uh, you know, the, 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 struggle of honestly just race um, at, at the, at this time in Oakland. So it's very, it's very interesting. There's a lot of different aspects that, that come into this movie. That sounds like a lot, but it's done in a very simple way. It's, it's a very, it, a lot of, it's a very slice of life type of film because it's, it is just the, you know, these last three days of his probation, but they fit so much into that, that uh, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very interesting to watch. I mean, it's, it's very funny. Uh, there's like the, the, uh, Collins and Miles relationship is, is very funny. They have a really good chemistry because, you know, they have known each other for, uh, the actors have known each other for years. And so they, they wrote that into the movie. Um, but it also is extremely serious. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of those scenes with like him and the police and, um, his, his, uh, struggle with, um, how he should feel about, um, everything that's going on with the police and, and black people and things like that. Um, it's, it's a very interesting movie. I, it's, to me it seemed like what uh can uh sorry to bother you was trying to do like make a statement by also being funny mm-hmm. but also being serious but they did it in a way that wasn't as weird for one um, and they did it in more of a, a much real much more real way now there are some like weird scenes in this movie because like there's a few dream sequences and then also like some things like when he's struggling with his conscious there's some like pretty weird imagery and and like sometimes horrific in imagery, but it's not like super off-putting like a horse dick is. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, it, 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 it is meant to kind of shock you and also, um, make you think and, and, uh, not make you feel comfortable by any means, but at the same time, it's a, you know, there's, there's, it's a buddy movie for, for a lot of it. And, um, it's funny and it's, 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 uh, like I said, a slice of life. It's much more relatable and, Um, just done in a much, much more realistic way than Sorry to Bother You is. It's, uh, for not having a ton of acting talent, I mean, just a lot of B, C actors, uh, it's done really, really well. And, uh, I, you know, like like I said, it's, it was surprising how much I enjoyed it and I definitely recommend it. It's, uh, it's, I think it's, this is another important movie to watch, um, especially right now with, with how a lot of this stuff is changing. So I would absolutely recommend seeing Blind Spotting.
0: I'm really excited to see this one. Um, I had heard vaguely, I had heard, like, you got to see Spotting for, like, a couple months, but never why. Um, so, hearing you mm-hmm. actually talk about what it is about is exciting for me. I'm going to try to check this out. Um, I really like V Diggs, and I think he's getting ready to blow up. Um, he's got a little bit of popularity now off, off of Hamilton, and he's been in a few things. I think you're going to see a lot of him soon, especially if, like you said, he was good in this. Um, so, I'm excited to see this. And, you know, um, it's no secret I, I like going to black-led movies, so... Um, I'm going to check this one out for sure, I think. Um, so, yeah, everyone check it out. Check out Blind Spotting on the recommendation of Seth. And don't forget, if Seth recommends it, it's got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one, one, more, one more thing. Uh, for my one more thing, I'm going to recommend that folks go out and check out uh, Jeff Bridges' acceptance of the Cecil DeMille Award at the Golden Globes from Sunday. Um, he just, Jeff Bridges is like, so, you know, the dude, right. From the big Lebowski, he like is that guy, right? Like that's how he talks. He's man, dude. And like far out and like, that's how he actually is. And it was weird to think about how long he's been acting. The, the DeMille award is for lifetime achievement in film. And, uh, you know, he talked about how long he's actually been doing it. And it's surprising how old Jeff Bridges is. You know, it, he he's looked the, the same age for 30 years. And it's crazy. And his his speech was just very genuine and very cool. And he seemed like just a regular... It it wasn't as, like, super well-written and impassioned and, and inspiring as Oprah's was last year. But it was still, like, really good for different reasons. Um, so I would just recommend that. I think it's on YouTube. I'll link to it in the description box. Um, as well, Jeff Bridges is just a cool fucking guy, and I just recently watched The Big Lebowski too. So it, it it just the two of them side by side, him and him, it was like, wow, he really is this guy. So it was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> so my one more thing is uh, it's kind of a it's a follow up to the Laurel Nanny thing. Um, I don't have my my version of it, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, for those who haven't heard, this is pretty big news for for a little bit. But uh, Grover on Sesame Street. May have said an insanity. We'll play it real quick for those who haven't heard it, and then tr- we'll maybe try it a couple times to see if you can see if you can distinguish it. But go ahead and play that. Move the
0: camera. Yes, yes, that's sounds like an excellent idea. Move the camera. Yes, yes, that's sounds like an excellent idea. Move the camera. Yes, yes, that's sounds like excellent idea. Move the camera. Yes, yes, that sounds like an excellent idea. <laughs> so. Um so I get th- I totally understand the confusion, right? So he's either saying uh-huh. that sounds like an excellent idea or he's yep. saying that's a fucking excellent idea, right?
1: Yeah. And it yep. is so
0: hard like you can hear one and then the other. I'll keep playing it. The
1: camera. Yes, yes that's a fucking
0: excellent idea. Move the <laughs> camera. Yes, yes that's a fucking excellent idea. That is it's weird.
1: It's so Yeah, cuz I like you, if you think, listen for one you'll hear it yeah if you listen for the other you'll hear it it's so because it's, the, the it's the different than the laurel and yanny thing because the yeah the laurel and yanny thing is like you hear one or the other right usually um i never heard i only i think i only heard laurel every time yeah but with this like you can listen for one and you'll hear it you listen for the other and you are hear it it's so strange it's so yes yes that sounds like
0: I want to live in a world where Grover says fuck. So that's what I choose. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we're going to end it at that, but we'll link to this so you can listen to it yourself. Let us know what you think. If, uh, Grover's saying fuck, I love it. Uh, so two outstanding orators, Grover and Jeff Bridges this week on one more, thing. But I'm down to one, one more thing. That's going to take us to the end of episode 76 of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is. You may be listening, get new episodes, Every Friday morning, uh, head over to the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall. Check out our good buddy, Jared. We're going to link to a couple of his videos here today. Uh, make sure you hit him on on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we had Jared on uh, recapping 2018's movies. So make sure you, um, you give that one a listen as well. Uh, lots of great links in the description box for all the stories that we talked about. Uh, our Twitters, our email, uh, and all the places you can find us are on there so make sure you're checking all that stuff out uh lots of great stuff next week we're obviously going to recap the division round of the nfl playoffs and lots more news and reviews on the way big big weekend of movies uh coming up for you ses what are what are a couple of things you're trying to go see
1: i should be seeing um on the basis of sex uh ben is back um if beale street could talk and vox lux is what's on tap so hopefully i make it to all those
0: there you go. Big weekend of reviews. I'm hoping to get to maybe one, maybe Beale Street this week. So uh, we'll see. Lots of reviews next week. So make sure you come on back. Uh, that'll be episode 77. This has been episode 76 of the SoCo Show. For the SoHo Seth Ott, this has been the co-host Cody Michael. And we will see you next week.
1: Bye. It's a fucking excellent idea.